You're listening to the Brand Boost Podcast with Vincenzo Landino. Hey, early April fools. I decided I wanted to be like the Joe Rogan experience today and be two hours long. Yeah, this one is a bonus episode for you to listen to. Enjoy it. It was a discussion I had on blab.im on Tuesday evening with my good friends Brian Fanzo and Amy Schmidauer. We talk about Snapchat and we kind of go in a lot of directions with how to use Snapchat, ways it can be used, and uh, just all sorts of uh, different things pertaining to Snapchat and marketing, uh, FOMO marketing as Brian calls it. So enjoy, put this one on while you're sitting at work. It's, uh, it's just chock full of good information so what's in the what's in the news what's what's the snapchat news all right so the snapchat news they uh today they launched new messaging features right and brian and i were screwing around with them earlier uh those were those were pretty funny not gonna lie i mean i just called brian and like all of a sudden i started saying but i want to go a little deeper than just those new features right because and for those of you that have questions please feel free to ask questions please feel free to uh share by hitting the Right there, somewhere button, the share button. Share um, last over there. you know, other than that, I want to talk about Snapchat in general. How you guys are using Snapchat? What are you seeing from Snapchat? A lot of questions that we get, Brian. A lot of debates that we get into are questions like, "Well, Snapchat." You know, I posted something today, and some a common question or a common, I guess, uh, naysayer thing is. Oh, Snapchat, you, it's hard to find people. It's hard to discover people. And then you see the NFL doing something where they're cross-promoting on their Instagram platform. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of brainless there, right? You, you cross-promote because you cross-promote everything else, right? If you're cross-promoting your content, I mean, Amy creates on YouTube, but she doesn't sit there and say, okay, I posted a video, everyone come watch. And sometimes I'll be like, Amy, I posted a video on, on YouTube. And she'll be like, great, did you share it? Because like you didn't mm-hmm. share it. I'm like, well, where do I share it? And she's like, seriously? And it's it just, so we sometimes think too hard when these platforms come out. Uh, we think too, you know, everything's so difficult. So let's talk to, let's, I'm going to jump to Amy because Amy and I did this uh, recording on the podcast uh, last week or two weeks ago when I was in Columbus and we talked a little bit about YouTube versus Snapchat. But I want to know, Amy, how are you using Snapchat and how do you see Snapchat uh, fitting into your personal and business marketing uh, strategy? I've been on Snapchat for a little while now, but I'm not trying to say like, I've been on board with this forever. Like I truly feel that Snapchat was this guilty pleasure for me. And the marketing side of things really just snuck up. <laughs> like I couldn't well, really it's funny believe what you I used to doing. say all the time. You used to say all the time, remember? Oh, I don't give anyone my Snapchat code or I don't do that. No, I never I don't said want people that. Following me. No, no, no. I never said that. I you probably chat to be your kind of behind the scenes, a little bit more personal than your, but I didn't, I didn't, speci- I didn't specifically not market it. I just didn't, honestly, I didn't know how the snap code worked for a really <laughs> long time. I'm not kidding. Like I was just on it for fun. And, and I said, Hey, my, my, my username is the same as it's always been. I honestly, it wasn't about not advertising it. I didn't have messages open because I just wanted to publish to a story, check people's stories because I wasn't treating it like a marketing platform. So I just thought if I'm doing this just for me, then I'm going to play by my rules, not by the marketing rules. 
And it just changed over time. I started getting messages from people saying, oh, I can't message you on Snapchat. And I'm like, okay, now this is becoming like a real complex for people. But Wonder more that than was. that, but more than that, it I, I'm not even kidding when I say I, I feel like I've been busting my butt on Periscope for some time now. And I've seen results there, but I'm posting pictures of my dog, truly showing raw behind the scenes on Snapchat. And I have client inquiries happening like this. And it's unbelievable because I'm like, you guys send me an email. I can't keep track of these Snapchat messages and you want to work with me. But the fact that it's happening, it just speaks to the fact that we're, we're at a time where people are so excited about how seamless and easy and fast it is to just get in contact with people when you offer them that opportunity. And I can't turn my head away from that. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's you know part of the reason why I had you on the show is because I, I know you're seeing a lot of re- like great results with Snapchat and you and I had that conversation about Periscope and, you know, live video is fantastic. And then we have Brian Fanzo who's going to give us a flip side or maybe the same side. I'm curious to hear what are your thoughts, Brian, because Amy, you know, coming from YouTube, it, you remember when we got her on Periscope, right? At social media day in San Diego last year, she started periscoping. That was an epic day. And she did her first meerkat with me, her and, and Sue at social media marketing world. That's right. true too. That is true. <laughs> so we had that happen, right? We Everybody's had that got me in their portfolio. but and And, also i will say like as much crap as i talk about periscope brian i'm when i see your presence there and i'm not like stroking ego i really feel like numbers overall are dropping on periscope and i actually feel like there's something incredible incredible about the connection that you have with your followers there that you're the only person i'm watching and numbers are continuing to skyrocket so i'm not saying that it's like dead to me. I just know that I'm very good in edited format. And, I, and Snapchat is what I do automated by an app. It's jump cut well, video. I would actually argue though that you're, you guys, what you've done with Scopast Sunday was actually like the bridge for you, right? Because it's a little bit more planned. It's consistent. You have a, you have a kind of a community you've built in the Facebook group. I'm a part of that, you know, and I think what you guys have done is Ultimately, what I think what everybody should be doing on Periscope, right, is being consistent, having because you don't have to have like everybody that bitches about notifications not working and all these things in the app. Like those are all things that if you're relying on that to be great and not your content, not your consistency and not the whole community aspect, like you're not going to be great overall. Anyhow, I think you guys have done a great job on that. Um, I mean, holy crap, we have 91 people here. So I want to know before how many people have been on have been on Snapchat, not had the freaking username but been on Snapchat for over a year. So if you're over for over a year, over a year, Amy props. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Over a year, put a one, put a one in the, uh, in the box. If you've been on for over a year, because I think, um, you know, part of the conversation was, and I brought this up earlier today and um, it was on an interview that I was giving and, you know, before stories, like Snapchat really was just a chat platform that was like a one-to-one or one-to-many, whoever the hell you want to tag type conversation. And look at that. We're about to hit a hundred live viewers. Tell me Snapchat's not a buzz. Yeah, um, but um, look at all those ones. I mean, so I think for me, I mean, I remember thinking of it from stories and I, I was using CyberDust at the time too, which was kind of funny. Um, and I was finding some value on CyberDust, which is, uh, you know, because they had some links in there. I could, I could do some cross promotion. Um, I was actually building my Instagram audience at a time off of uh, some CyberDust uh, strategy I had. And I got to Snapchat and was like, ah, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. But I think like, I think the bigger question ends up coming, 
what what the hell motivates Snapchat to be, in my opinion, leading the charge on what every new platform should do? Like my very first thing, whenever I heard read the update, and I'm going through and I watched that video that you know Snapchat did a very. We should talk about that too. Their marketing of their app of the update, the fact we got that random freaking filter yesterday that nobody knew what the hell what it was. The hell and then, is this random filter? Um, yeah, and I'm like, what is this little? I still want to know what it is. Blob of it's a I don't know I think it's a squished ghost or something it's a it's a ghost with mud on them or something um yeah, it's funny but um when I'm watching as I'm watching all of the updates those features my very first thought was what the hell Periscope <laughs> like Periscope why the hell you are more you have a smaller user base you have you're more nimble your your platform is struggling Twitter that you are owned by you should be the ones putting the Lamborghini doors on while they're moving every article on Snapchat has been growth is up brands are up and all of a sudden they roll out like. 2.0, which is a point release. Like that's a, yeah. you know, that's for the, the, the app business, that's a giant release. That's, um, you know, that's, that's the second largest release of ever like, since the, the app was rolled out. Um, I think it was, I think it was, there's so much to be learned on just what they're doing from like, I mean, they're pushing the balance. Like I, I said this, that little, you know, the video chat, we always had the video chat within Snapchat, but it was pretty horrible. You both had to be in the chat platform at the same time, both holding down the blue thing, you know, drag it to the bottom. Right. And it was very sketchy. Um, but it, it, it is. It's like a very sketchy oh, communication, totally. which is why yeah, I was, was like afraid I to do it. Ever. it. It was weird. Yeah, no, but like, was I think the new me. one, <laughs> but the new one now, what they've what they've learned though was they they kind of built out and understood how the users use it. And now you call somebody, right? So now you're initiating, and that person doesn't even have to get on video. Yep. They can listen or just watch or get on video with you. And like to me, that's like, oh, you want to be like treat this like anchor. Oh, you want to treat this like, hey, you have something to show me, but I'm I'm not dressed or give a crap about you know like you know what you're what I'm gonna see on this side of the camera. So like I think what Snapchat has been doing is I think a little bit of like I think they know their user base better than every app, every social platform right now from like a direct hey I know my users you know my ads are all going to be built this way I'm going to control my ads because I don't want to interrupt it I'm gonna I'm not going to add some of these features that the marketers want like every person that's older than me says when I got on Snapchat it took me like 48 hours to figure out like how to swipe left and up, right? I'm like, yeah, but I give it to my daughter and she can navigate it without even thinking because that's her, that native digital is like, oh, you swipe up just like you do on like iPhone. You swipe pages, you swipe up. Like that's a normal Mm -hmm. function. And that's with a lot of people, Brian. That's not just young kids though, before you finish that. So I actually watched my aunt use an iPhone for the first time. You know, she never had an iPhone. She never had a smartphone. She got a smartphone and she, because of watching her kids, play with the phone and like swipe that's she intuitively was swiping up pinching and and you know expanding the picture and so i think that someone every, like every that kid under 12 thinks a magazine's a broken ipad what's that every kid under 12 thinks a magazine is a broken ipad right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't even know what a magazine is all right you finish your statement i just want to say that it wasn't just oh, yeah. young kids you know is that an i is that a pencil by the way it is oh you have the pro right yeah yep which I absolutely love. Um, no, uh, and that's just a habit. Um, no, I think for me, Snapchat has gone from Snapchat went from a curiosity to I didn't like it to I was blown away by what the creators could do. Right? I, I the, my story, I've pretty much told that a hundred times. But like, you know, figuring out what Opera Americana and Sean Doris and what these guys were doing with brands and how creative they were getting and how much value they were providing as as similar as I had ever heard to a YouTube star. Right? Like it was the first time where I heard brands hiring and thinking about them from a YouTube, like the same style as YouTube. Cause even more than Vine, cause Viners was such a niche 
um, audience. I feel I, I don't think those crossed over. That intrigued me. And I, you know, I spent the first three and a half months under a completely under a different Snapchat handle only following, never posting once myself, but I really wanted to study the creator style, how often they posted, when they posted, where all those things were going. But I think during that same time is when stories came out. And then I got on and they added the chat up function, which is like one of my favorite ones ever, that if you're you know, both following each other, people actually can comment directly on what the hell they're seeing, not wait to the end of the story and ask you a question. You're like, I don't remember what the hell I, I did in my story. But I guess my whole point of this is, I think the evolution of Snapchat is 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 along the same lines of the evolution of what social people want out of social media. And it's the only app today that is moving along that way. Like how the hell is Twitter not allowing us more personalized engagement and one-to-one video? And like, you know, cause we really are trying to seek out this idea. Like my number one thing when I work with brands, they say, Brian, where are your live streamers engaging with their audience when they're not on live stream? Where are your YouTubers engaging in their audience when they're not, you know, when their video isn't posted? Now, granted, if a YouTuber's in the comments section, that's their answer, right? But like from a Periscope, there is no answer. Like what I mean, that you have to have a presence. And I think the interesting part becomes why the hell does Periscope not have Cameo? Why the hell does Periscope not give me the ability to, to connect directly in the app to my community? I find myself now bridging all of those Periscopers in and I have hours of conversation after Periscope in Snapchat because it gives my community a voice. And I think that's why Snapchat is has turned into my favorite app. Yeah. So for me, I mean, Snapchat, uh, I've told this story before and I mean, I'll tell it some more to, to those of you that haven't listened. For those of you that don't know me, I have a podcast called the Brand Boost Podcast and we've been talking a lot of Snapchat lately. So I figured there had to be something different because I don't want to keep talking about it on my podcast, which is about is a branding, advertising, marketing podcast, not just a Snapchat podcast, but it seems like everyone wants to talk about Snapchat. What's been crazy for me, and listen to this, Bri, I don't know if I told you this, but I think Amy knows. I've had people interact with me on Snapchat from my podcast as podcast listeners that have come back to me and said, hey, I love this episode. They're, they're, they're taking pictures or they're sending me video of them listening to my podcast they're asking questions. They're engaging with me over on Snapchat. And this was before I even started promoting it. So I started promoting it at the end of every episode. Now I say, hey, connect with me on Twitter, but also on Snapchat. And you know what? It's become the way, the method for me to get that real engagement. And you know what? People know that when they reach out to me on Snapchat, they're going to get a video back. Depending on when they send me, I'll text back some kind of picture. And It's one word. It's one word. I believe there's one word we can we can say we can say this. And I'm jumping into one access. Go ahead, man. Access. Everyone is craving access. Everyone can jump in. No, I know, but I mean, like, we want access Mm -hmm. to people, to experiences, to things, and we want and access requires like me actually getting to you, right? Like, it's not access and like I tweeted at Ellen. Like, that's not access. That's me attempting to contact, right? I think access is like in i mean like the access you have on snapchat you know it's funny mark k was doing the video thing today and he's like i'm gonna try this video call to kim kardashian click you know like on the snapchat video call i'm gonna try this to you know and he was like oh you know i'm a casey neistat and and to me it was funny but like in my head it was a little bit of like if you build up rapport to that point where they are replying on that platform that is probably your best chance of getting access that's you know for me gary v followed me five years ago he snapped me a hundred X compared to the amount of tweets he's replied to me. Right. Like, I mean, like, and I think that access is what we're craving. And for the first time, there's an app that 
it's access without it being a popularity contest, right? Like that's yeah. what's so cool. Uh, Amy, Amy, how about you? Amy, I'm Amy. Does your YouTube have you been able? Because I mean, like, I think you were the one I was talking about it, or Sunny, or both of you about like this whole idea of you know jump cuts and the things that you're able to do on Snapchat. That's very you know not professional, but you're able to really tell stories in a semi interesting way of doing it. Have you have you been able to get commenters or like? What's the reverse way in? Because I, I know sending Snapchatters to YouTube, I'm sure, is a, a very successful piece because they see you on video, they trust you, and they go that way. What about getting YouTube video, YouTube viewers, like your power commenters, to follow you on Snapchat? I mean, I think it's just like anything else. Just like everybody and their moms uploaded their their snap code to their avatar on Twitter, it's the same thing on YouTube. If somebody sees that snap code in a thumbnail, they're like excited, first of all, because this is very topical. And then secondly, when they get value out of the content, they go over and follow. Sunny's very familiar with this, I'm sure, because one of her most popular videos on her channel is a Snapchat tutorial. Um, it's got like 400,000 some views on it. So that is going to be a massive traffic generator to something like Snapchat because it's context. First of all, you're talking about it on YouTube the way people want to learn about it, which is like, what is this thing? Why do I need it? And then the authority that just told you how to use it, you know, gives you their snap code and then they now know how to add you. And so it's it's perfect for that. So um, a real example, especially for people that are like, I can't get followers on Snapchat. If you're not considering context in every single place that you are, even if you are going to try to cross promote, sometimes I'm sorry, like this whole avatar snap code thing is driving me up the freaking wall. Everybody looks the same on Twitter. I don't know who's tweeting unless I have to look really hard. It's just driving me crazy. And I get it. I understand why people are doing it, but just get more creative. Let me tell you, like if, if I download one of my snaps, that was the best part of my snap story all day and upload it to Twitter and say, Oh my God, if you did not see this. And I, and I mean it when I say that I'm not saying it every single day, people are going to want to go over there and people are saying, What's your snap code? What's your Snapchat handle? People want to know, but it's context. If I didn't point it out on Twitter because it was important enough for me to point it out on Twitter, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be promoting it there. Um, I, I guess that's sort of like an argument for promotion. But in regards to getting people from YouTube to Snapchat, it's as simple as respecting context. I'm not uploading a video saying, hello. I'm on Snapchat and you should follow me there. No, I make some hilarious sketch about the fact that people are mass DMing on, on Snapchat. People think it's funny and they follow. And my snap code is in the thumbnail. Boom. Like, and so it's, it's really, it's that simple. It's respecting any platform you're on. If you want to be cross promoting. Thank you, Rachel. No, you know and I think that's actually, I think that's really, so I like, I've changed my avatar back and forth multiple times. Like today I, I was, I knew that when, as soon as I heard the release was coming out, I, I, I changed it back to the snap code mm -hmm. and then I tweeted out the minute that it came to the app store, hoping that the Snapchat account would actually retweet it, which it did, which worked out really well in my favor, which oh, yeah. you know, like, um, See, that's and, a strategy. It, that's not like, that's not, it, it, that's not I, just I like you, the like, easy way out of promoting yourself. Like I'll just open well, my, my goes off. My alarm goes off tomorrow. It's on my phone at 10 a.m. tomorrow. It'll say my alarm says change my avatar back because what I did was I put my snap code in my Twitter header. So I know that exactly. I get you know, on average 440 views to my 
Twitter profile page. I don't need it in the feed. Like I want to, I do want to stand out in my own Twitter. Do you know how massively cool that is though? Think about that process that somebody saw a tweet. Okay. Or somehow you showed up in their world in some capacity and they're interested in you. So they go to your profile. What a great time to say, I'm also on Snapchat. If that's convenient for you, because something happened that made them go to your profile. How often does that happen? How many times do we look at Twitter profiles anymore? 440, you have like what? 40,000 followers or something or 70, thousand or a million i don't yeah, even know so it's like it, that's massive when somebody actually went to your profile that's a perfect time to do it versus cramming it down everyone's throat so that every single damn avatar on my stream is a snapchat code actually, I, and i got even a better one for you if you don't even want to create a graphic my pinned tweet gets ridiculous engagement so pinned true tweet, yeah pin out your freaking are, snap code pinned pinned tweets are so bomb yeah i mean i mean my i mean i is ridiculous like I, it is like a i mean it is, i feel like it i don't know when that became so much even more valuable but like it, it my pinned tweet is like a gold mine for like a blog post and for something like for me like if, you, if that's what you want to do so i, I want to this is interesting. It's, it's just interesting. No, that's another switch, good example. I want to switch gears for a second because I do have something. I, I can talk about uh, pinned tweets for days and Twitter profiles, but I want to switch gears to uh, something Sarah Moore. Thank you for jogging my memory, Sarah. Uh, she said, why is no one talking about the new stories feature? To me, this is actually the best part of it. It's seamless and provides discoverability. What do you guys think about it? I will jump in really quick. Maybe I don't know what it is. I, I'm just getting caught up on this new feature thing. So It's all good. Uh, Brian knows what it is, and and so do I. Sarah, it is amazing. It's a great feature. Uh, I same thing for me. I started. I was watching people's stories that I normally wouldn't because it was just so easy to scroll through. Oh, it's the seamless. swiping. So, yeah. So what it does is, it, when as soon as someone, you're watching one person's story in your feed, as soon as their story ends, it goes to the next person below them. The nice mm -hmm. piece is it starts auto playing, so it automatically goes into it. But you see their name at the top. But if you swipe left, you actually skip that person's story. So you can actually go. So now you can actually, to me, it's kind of like anger where I can listen to my reply and then everyone's reply. Well, now I can actually, re, you know, watch and listen to the, you know, multiple people. And like, to me, this views are going to go up. That was my very first thing. Oh, exactly. Views are going to go up on your, on your feed. And I can tell you, I, my views are, are up at, at a very peak level right now, which is, I, I know because of that feature. But I also think on top of that, the, that idea is discovery, right? Because right now there's a massive problem in Snapchat with understanding follow, follow back, the value for it, right? And you know that there's a 6,000 person limit. I'm nowhere even close to that. So I'm, that's not, but like, I like to think of like a future end of like, hey, I want people to be able to swipe up and chat within my, con my story to tell me feedback. But if I'm not following them, then they can't do that. But when they follow me, all I get is a very small ghost picture that usually is like half of someone's nose and a, a username that half the time I'm not even sure um, who that is. So like I've built out a strategy that I'm following people back. I'm watching their story. And if their story is in a foreign language or it's something that I can't relate to, then I'm removing them as a friend because that's kind of how I'm like keeping my stories clean. Mm. But I don't like that because I want to be able to say, hey, anybody who's following me should be able to chat up in my stories. Let me follow people whose stories I actually want to consume. But I think that's a I mean, how do you guys do the follow, follow back? I mean, I don't think anybody talks about that enough because on Twitter, if you have a profile picture. You have yeah. a bio filled out with some information that I like. I follow you back because how do I know if I don't like you? That's just my. So I learned I, I I didn't follow people back in the beginning, right? So I went through my added me, and I, I do want to answer people's questions too. So Robert, uh, Kira, we're going to answer your questions. We didn't we're not forgetting about you. Um, 
but I didn't follow them back. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to watch all these people's stuff. But what I did was, and I think Brian, you might've been the one, it was either you or like Sean Ayala. Someone wrote an article about like how to kind of prioritize who you're watching. Cause I wasn't watching snaps because I started, there's just, it was filled with feeds and you know, with people's streams. And I'm like, well, how do I keep up with watching the, like my friends? Like, how do I see Brian when he snapped and then he goes all the way down to the bottom. So uh, by doing the whole like a in front of the name and then I actually go to those first now. So that's how I, it's like using a Twitter list. It's almost like kind of a ghetto Twitter list. Yeah, it's, um, hack, it's hacking the Twitter list for sure. Right. It's kind of hacking it. So, I, you know, for me, I now follow everybody back because I don't know, you know what I had uh, Kira asked a question. She said, is there any success stories you've heard from entrepreneurs or salespeople closing deals or building revenue through Snapchat? Um, yeah, I mean, Amy started. So Amy, go ahead, tell your story again really quick. Now that we have 94 in here, I know we kind of told it early on. Just what no, have I, you seen? I've had, I in just in the last few weeks, I think it's really starting to peak right now. And I think that's why, but I've been on the platform for a couple of years. But just in the last few weeks, I've had uh, new clients come on and new membership uh, people come on because they connect with me on Snapchat. And it is exactly the word of access because I don't think if I would have texted them back. And at this point, I am mostly just snapping people back in text because when I have time to do it, I'm like getting ready for bed, took my face off, like not really doing video snaps. Like I'm just like letting people know I'm seeing their stuff, but that's been good enough. And people are excited and you know, I'm like nerve wracked. I'm like, you want to work with me? Great. Please send me an email so I don't forget. But it's, it's incredible. It's the access and it's the quickness that's making it happen. Yeah. And I can now say I have, I I mean, I have three direct paid speaking gigs directly from Snapchat and two of them said they did not follow me on Twitter at the time that they reached out to me and said, Hey, I talked to my boss. We do have a speaking gig open. And they found me through Snapchat. So they actually, someone else in Snapchat, you know, did like a follow Friday or snap coded them. They got into me. They had no idea where any of my other story is. And I feel like I'm pretty fucking everywhere, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> for, for all intents and purposes. And um, the fact they had no idea who I was through my snap stories and hearing my story, hearing that piece, they ended up reaching out to me saying, hey, you're going to get a DM from my boss. And I actually have that, that speaking gig is in three weeks, four weeks, the first one that I got out of there. But I also, the other thing that was really interesting is, you know, the collaboration piece, right? So like I collaborated with Tristan Tales and, you know, Tristan Tales actually said he built his audience. Uh, interesting enough, he uploaded his very first brand Snapchat story to YouTube with his code at the end. And he said he was averaging like 1500 followers a day because that's when it was early on, right? It was early in Snapchat. Sure. But when I collaborated with actually Tristan through Tristan uploading it natively to his Facebook page, a brand that was working with him reached out to him and said, I need Brian's contact information. I want to work with Brian on building out a Periscope strategy. And that was, that, that, I mean, like, so that's a Snapchat connection, content uploaded through a different native platform. The engagement happened there. So I think part of the problem in the whole Snapchat ROI conversation is everyone has to realize that you, the ROI comes from your community, not always directly on the platform where the, the conversation, the relationship or the connection begins, because I can relate now multiple ones that have left Snapchat. And that if it wasn't for Snapchat, they might not even know who the hell I was let alone make that initial connection. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I, I've actually picked up I, two. I mean, I'm not going to overinflate any numbers or anything. I've, I've had two client direct clients come from Snapchat. Um, and 
I've had a ton of other conversations about, about Snapchat to potential clients or to clients, like Brian said, on other platforms where we've discussed it just because I'm on it. And there's so many people that have seen me and others on Snapchat kind of going through your daily life or doing whatever you do, dropping some knowledge drops. I personally don't talk too much business on my Snapchat. Others do. That's cool. Do whatever you want. The beauty of Snapchat is that you can do whatever you want. There is no, like, there's no expectation. Amy said, like, she replies, you know, in text. Like, I find myself doing that a lot. And it's not because I don't, because, like, I never look good enough for video. I just own that and just go on video. (laughs) But part of the reason I don't do on video is I'm one of those ones that there's, I'm, I'm very strategic. So I want to be able to foster a conversation or initiate and let them know that I, Hey, I, I see you. Right. And so I, I think a video snap, all, you know, it's, it's very much like, Hey, now they want to reply right now. It's, it's creating additional engagement where sometimes you just have to scale your engagement and say, Hey, I appreciate the, the reply. This rocks, you guys rock, but like, you know, the video piece. So I'm, and I'm very strategic with that stuff to begin with, but I think part of the cool part is there is no right way to do it right now. And I think, I think that's part of the reason I love this. I was worried about the Snapchat. When I saw there was a massive feature increase, I was really worried that they were going to somehow, one of these features were going to be one that allowed marketers to ruin it or gave people a right way of doing it. And thank God there is not. Well, here's the, here's, was, here's the beauty was, is that Snapchat's not being ruined yet by marketers because they're still afraid of it. And they're still worried about like, oh no, it's dick pics and... 12 year olds. So uh, that's fine. I'm totally cool with that. I hope they keep thinking that. So they stay off of it. Like the majority of, and when I talk about marketers, I'm not talking about brand marketers. I'm not talking about people that are content marketers. I'm talking about people that'll jump on a platform and just sell, sell, sell whatever shit they have to sell. Uh, (laughs) Rachel, I love it, Rachel. Um, Well, and you know, and part of the problem is, I mean, it's, it, let's, let's face it, the people that are using social still the way like it's a checkbox in a broadcasting platform, mm-hmm. no doubt they're not going to figure out Snapchat because it, they're the ones complaining about Instagram. I only get one link. Like Instagram still doesn't right. value. I don't listen to those, Martin. You're like, really? Like, And do you know how long it took them to get to the conclusion of what was going to go in the photo or video on Instagram? I mean, the biggest question that I get is, oh, what do you do if you've never been on video before? Who's going to be on video? Should we have our CEO on video? Should it be the marketing director? Should it just be me? Like I'm the only person in my company. What do I do? I've never done a camera before. That that is a massive problem that we're not even connecting here because Snapchat is strictly like photo, but a lot of video personality. It's just people being raw and real. And it's not that marketers haven't figured out how to screw it up yet. That it's it's the it's the very intense personal nature that is just the culture of Snapchat. And you could even say that about YouTube, which is why there's still that complex there. But that's why, you know, brands just upload the commercials they put on TV to their YouTube channel because they don't know what else to do. But with YouTube or with Snapchat, you just can't do that. It's very raw. It's very real. And that's scary. That's why every time I I explain Snapchat and Periscope as compliments to YouTube and that blows people's mind because I say, and this is what I mean, th- my first slide, and I, I keep saying it now because it's, it's the truth and it's every pitch. I say, if perfection and control are necessities, thank you for the meeting. That's all I have to say today. 
because if for they, I cannot build them out a Periscope or Snapchat strategy if they need perfection or control of their message, control of their influencer. Because that just, it's just not that. It's that those platforms today. That is not. You want perfection and control? I, I will hand you over to a amazing YouTube artist that can. I mean, because I, I think that's part of the piece that is is also ignorant. Like. I don't want Snapchat to replace Facebook. I don't want Snap. Like for me, yes, everyone was going to tell you we don't want to be on every platform. But I think that's I think the excuse for people that hate what they don't know. And I'm and I'm freaking, I you know FOMO marketing is my is my is my pitch right now. Right, fear of missing out marketing and fear of missing out marketing. The people the reason people are scared of it is usually because a they don't know about it. B, they're afraid they weren't the early adopter. Therefore, they can't take the early lead like they did on every other platform. The reason half of these accounts have 600,000 Twitter followers and these brands are big because they got them all early on. When they go on a yep. Periscope, they only get 8,000 followers. It's because nobody cares about them anymore, but they build early. So they're afraid of not being the new guy. Or third, they're afraid of it actually replacing another solution or they having to like redo their social strategy. And for me, I think part of the idea of like the FOMO aspect of it is once you get on, like, look at these new platforms, not for what they're replacing, but what the experience is that it's delivering and then map it backwards. Right. Like, I mean, I think, I mean, it, it's Amy, it was Amy, my first pitch to you on Periscope. I'm like, God, Amy, please just go on Periscope. I mean, like <laughs> you're, you, you have a rapid community. You're great at engaging. You're, you're, you're witty. So like, you know, like all the things that are, are harder for me to teach on the other side, but there's also an element of what you've always said, right? Like you produce all your videos on the same day you have, like, I mean, you're so regimented and you have your thing so down pat it's also part of why your solution comes out so great on YouTube and why I suck on YouTube, right? Like there's a, there's like a, there's a, there's a cross section there. So I think people that don't understand, aren't willing to understand what is working on a platform for the experience it's creating are just ignorant and they're going to bash it because they don't know any better or they're scared of it. Right. Let's, uh, let's take some questions. Let's answer some of these questions yep. here. Um, Oh yeah. And let's talk. Yeah. Can we please talk about this? I like this question because I didn't get to put, I, I just want to say quickly that I do not follow people back. I just follow who I want to watch stories about. And so I'm sorry if that makes me a bad person, but it's been no, working wait, for me so far. So but let's, but like, no, we... I just want to address this very quickly because I have been caught, you know, kind of yep. screwing, screwing up the features in my mind what? thinking I am going ahead. The, thinking that the chat thing is going to be below me when I say chat me and tell me what you think. I really mean that because I have my messages open, but apparently that little icon doesn't show right. up. And that sucks, first of all. But, that, but second, I couldn't agree more. But, Snapchat but needs to fix second, that. Exactly. But second of all, you know, like my bad. You can still message me. I wouldn't be saying that if I had some exclusivity here. So it, it's right. Yeah, that's, you didn't that's say a frustrating only, thing. Only those that have the chat icon chat yeah, me back. If you're lucky enough to have that thing down there, you know what I'm talking been, about. Like, what the hell? I do not like that. I don't like I'm saying that I, I somebody pointed out in the chat that I have a clean counter. Can anybody tell that I'm OCD? Like I can't have a thousand people in my Snapchat feed. That's just not how I operate as a human being. I can't. So do when it. I was when I was at Amy's, that counter didn't look like that because I no, destroyed it. He I had all up. my shit. I had all my shit <laughs> everywhere. I'm like, all right, this is this is my desk. And I I've just been wiping it, it down ever since he left. Just <laughs> to clarify my question, though. So people, if you have it on that you allow anybody to comment back to you then they can comment at the end of the story, but they just cannot comment directly in line with the content. So that means you can't swipe up chat. But when the story ends, that chat icon comes. Now, what frustrates me 
was when you asked for feedback back, and I will call somebody out. CC Chapman today said he had a blog post. And he wants everybody feedback. I go to reply back to CC, who's a friend, and I can't reply back to him because he only has he has to be following the person to get a uh, engagement back. And it's it says like you know refresh not loaded. Like it shouldn't even give me the damn option to to chat them back. So like to clarify that what what the process is as of today is when you're asking for engagement and you're not the person that follows back, you say, Hey, reply to me at the end of the story. Let me know your yeah. thoughts. That's different than swipe up on the next. Cause like my favorite person that does this is Chris Mulkin, right? Uh, yo, yo, Chris. And yo, yo, Chris, yo, yo, Chris says, you know, the, I'm going to show you five different yo-yos screenshot or swipe up on the one you like the most. Right. So for him, he's directly using that as a call to action. Therefore, he's going to follow everybody the back. I'm swipe assuming. up is gold. That's, I mean, like that's gold in, in the, in terms of product sales. But I, I mean, that that's brilliant. That's brilliant. But luckily, I guess I have the Snapchat or the, the screen cap, fit, pit, you know, side of things. I don't know. So I hope, all right, we answered that question. I also wanted to say that the way Amy uses Snapchat, where she only is, following certain people that's the way most people use snapchat so for the marketers there the marketers (laughs) out there you know i know some people have the tendency to be like oh you don't follow me back you don't do and it's like hold on a second most people most users of platforms i always use my brother as a prime example they don't fo- they don't do that. It's not this follow back. There's no re- reciprocation. Right. Only in this little marketer subset. Actually, I would say it's only in a Twitter. I would say it's a Twitter mindset, right? It's a Twitter, Twitter mindset. Twitter it's one. not a marketer mindset. It's a how do we get the most followers? I mean, sub for sub is what's in YouTube comments. In terms but of even even on YouTube, but even on YouTube, right? Like YouTube, someone doesn't have to. You you don't follow your subscribers back. Oh my God, no! That would oh, be right. crazy. That's my point. Like, yeah. if, if those of us that lived on the on the on, if you are a Twitter user, the mindset of follow follow back is what we've been ingrained in us because it, it's the idea of like you know building your following. But it's for everyone else, which is a majority of the Snapchat users. You're, I mean, I, that's a great point, Enzo, because I think that is something that has to be hit home. And I think that's also why using unique call to actions like screenshots. I love screenshot call to action. I think that's. I mean, it's I got. So I mean, I mean, I had twenty four percent on my on my story last week. I said, "Screenshot this. You get a thirty minute Skype call with me, and I'm gonna give you Gary V's book. Take a screenshot of this and tweet it out." And I got twenty four percent of the people actually screenshotted and tweeted it out. I mean, that's insane. Call, and that, that that return is. And I think the screenshot is also nice because you know you see it. And I also love if you're screen, you can video chat in the new feature. Someone mm-hmm. screenshots during the video chat. You see it there as well. So like they didn't they didn't forget some of those basics in the mm. features to Snapchat that. But I like this question. I wanted to put it to you guys. How do you Shoot. find niche community or industry like you can do with Twitter hashtags in Snapchat? Well, personally, I mean, the way I've done that is by, you know, is is really by other by looking at other platforms because like the NFL promoted on Instagram, American Airlines promoted themselves on on Twitter. It, it's cross promotion. You can't just live in a bubble and say, okay, well, I can't promote or there's not enough discovery on Snapchat, so it's crap. Because that's the biggest excuse that people make is that well, there's no discovery on it, so it's garbage. I, I mean, is that a viable? Is that really a viable? Um, you know, or it doesn't scale. Yeah. Right. Carlos, <laughs> um, you know, these questions, th- these kind of like, um, accusations of the platform are just because people are afraid of it. So what I have done is just, I check out different brands that are promoting themselves elsewhere. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. Is it more difficult to say, okay, I want to find anybody in, 
uh, I don't know, print the printing, let's say printing. Cause I was, I used to work for a printing company. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's harder. Absolutely. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass. I'm not going to say it's so easy to find because not everybody's on it, but the brands that are on it, they're easy to find because they're promoting the crap out of themselves elsewhere. Okay. And American airlines did a great example. Like uh, Jed posted it somewhere. It's on my Twitter somewhere. They posted, you know, come follow us on Snapchat. And like one of the clouds was, uh, was a, a little ghost and you know, it was kind of a play on, on the ghost and whatnot. And I follow American airlines on Twitter. So I'm already following them elsewhere. I follow them on Twitter, follow them on Instagram. I follow them on Facebook. So naturally I'm like, I want to follow them on Instagram. Same thing with the NFL and the NFL was doing some really cool stuff with the U S uh, blue angel, the Navy uh, blue angels today. And one of their football players, I mean, yeah, it's entertainment. Sure. Yano brand NFL is entertainment, but it depends on what you want to follow. Like, I'm not saying that. So what's your, I don't understand the point. Can I just like, can I chime in on like, if it's not from a brand standpoint, like you're absolutely correct. I'm just going to say it in a different way. People are cross promoting their Snapchat like crazy because they don't know what else to do. Try something called basically the only great feature left on Twitter because everybody's screwing it up. Twitter search and try to find that keyword of somebody or some industry. If it's real estate, right? You put real estate in Twitter search, find anybody that's got real estate in their profile and then search media and find any snap code you can and then follow those people. I mean, there's so many snap tools available or or search tools snap search tools available to you on this social media world that we live in. And and how many people in this room uh, clearly have common interests, have a snap code as an avatar, go add them. I mean, it's just well, and I think, it's well, so easy that. to make this a, an argument that it's too hard to find things. Like it's really, it's really well, not Amy, if you want Amy to. underestimates this one. And Brian, before you jump in, Amy underestimates this because I've seen the growth personally, but I started posting videos on YouTube with my Snapchat and, you know, information in the description. And if I do like a Snapchat video, like I did a, a funny Snapchat video in, uh, f- uh, and I uploaded it to YouTube. It was me and Yarby. And my ads are like through the roof. Like people are adding me, not th- I don't want to say through the roof, but I'm getting like a ton of ads on Snapchat. And I know it's because of this freaking YouTube because I'm not putting my, my snap code elsewhere. And like, so like Amy said, there's plenty of ways to do it. There's plenty of ways to be discovered. So, there's plenty of ways to promote if you just step up. So there's, the there's two questions here though, right? Because it's, it's one about having people find you. Mm-hmm. And there's one about finding people that are in it, right? And like, I, if I, like, there's 115 people here. If I had one ask that I would say that, that Twitter is sucked at for Follow Friday, that we can be better at at Snapchat, is that when you're promoting other people's codes or you're setting it up, you do it by niche or you explain why. Because people in here know that if I'm following you and you do a Follow Friday and there's someone I'm not following, I swipe up on the chat and I say, can you explain to me what they snap about? Whatever that reply is, if it's something that I want to follow, I actually then will screenshot the code, right? So I think part of this comes down to we have to be good at promoting people. Like I will say, like the, I'm going to talk about five people that are great at storytelling that are badass creators. That's me setting the stage. If you want to follow creators or my five favorite marketers on Snapchat. But I think the other piece of it is being discovered. And I can tell you, um, day two of South by, I went all in. So I, 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 I put it on my email signature. It's in every single one of my social profiles. I am using paid ads on Instagram, paid ads on Twitter and paid ads on Facebook promoting the graphic that I have, it's a limitations inspire creativity. There's no link. 
limitations inspire creativity and it has my Snapchat code on it, right? So that is how I was going all in. And that was for people to find me, right? Like it's, I, it's completely two different strategies there. And for me, I, I can honestly say, I wanted to figure out what the the you know, cost per click was going to be. And I wanted to figure out what if that actually worked. Like there's a little bit less of me being like, I want to grow my following. Like, cause I don't know if these people are like exactly the people I want following my content. It was more of, okay, what could I do with an Instagram ad to promote that? Or how can I put it in my, in my, um, my signature of my email or like you go to my homepage. Now it's the icon, my homepage, right? So like, um, I think part of it ends up being everything for me with new apps is educating people where they're at, not telling them to come where you're at. Right. Like, so like, like you said, Amy, like I, you upload a, 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 a clip, a 10 second clip of a great snap that you had and say, man, you guys should see the rest of this story. Follow me on Snapchat. I guarantee that's better return than the entire two months that you have your avatar as a Snapchat icon, right? Like I can almost guarantee that, right? Like I it's- mean, one would hope, but I mean, it, they both work. I mean, the reality is they obviously, it obviously works to have your snap code out there, but I just think you, you respect the context. You provide value. I mean, people are going to not only follow, they're going to stay followed. I mean, it's, it's a different mentality than just like, Oh, I'm just going to add everybody. And then you're in a situation one day where you're like, well, I guess I got to clean this out. And, um, it's, it's, I just think that you offer that context and you offer the proof that somebody should be following you because there's something cool going on there. Right. Can you let, can you let, uh, can you unlock the seat? I don't know. No, something's wrong. It, it, okay. Just going to do a quick refresh here. It looks like we crashed our own room. He's Wait coming back in. What's wrong with it? Um, I, actually, I don't think he's going to be able to come back in now. I don't know. We can't let people in. Let's, let's call for help. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know why he. Why did he? Um... I don't. We can't unlock seats now. I don't know. Something happened. Like I can't unlock the seats. I want to let people in, but we can't oh, unlock the seats. Uh, let's call Snapchat. Anyway, um, well, here we here's some other questions that were asked to us. Do you think this new ability to call anyone is going to turn out to be like the spammy DMer on Twitter? Uh, listen, that's always an option. Look what happened with LinkedIn, right? Um, okay, yeah, Brian, come back in. Still, still not available, Bri. Yeah, oh, there we go. Cool. Um, somebody wanted to come in and show us his strategy. Yeah, hold on. I can. Where's my man at here? Can you see him now? Where my girls at? You see all the callers? I can't. No, I can't. No Who was who wanted to come in? Uh, I don't know where he is. Looks like five people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was. Oh wow! Talking. There is just so much conversation going on. I can't I so Matt, Matt was the first. It was Matt. Matt. Oh, it was Crimson. Was yeah. Hey, how about that? I got lucky. Hey. Okay, What's up? On, Matt? okay, so I got a I got a pro tip that I kind of put together. Pro tip. Pro tip. Oh, I know. Right okay. All right. So if you guys don't know, I have a podcast for musicians. I interview rock stars and social media people and business people, and we're trying to figure out how to make a decent living for musicians in today's music industry, you know, because it's kind of, you know, hard to do it and everybody's kind of trying to do it the old way, you know? And so I was really having a hard time um, getting my people to come to the podcast, right? Because there's so much noise out there that it's, it's hard to, you know, get somebody's attention. Right. And so I, uh, I started using Snapchat recently 
And I was, you know, I'm one of my skills is I like to dominate my space, you know, like I want to be the guitar player on Snapchat or the guitar player on Google Plus. You know, I got a million people on Google Plus. And it's like, so How's that working for you. Well, you know, we can talk about that some other time. <laughs> but there, there's actually, without getting off topic, there is actually a lot you can still do with Google Plus. And I'm getting ready to go back to it this month and see if I can get my engagement back. Because cool. I just kind of left it there for a while because I had my million people famous guitar player on the internet calling card, which is what I was really looking for at the time. But, you know, I, I got to go back and see what I can do with that. But anyway, so um, I think a lot of internet marketers, especially, they forget about the fact that there's the real world out there, right? Yes. And so What's that? I don't know what this, that is. This is a piece of paper that has printing. I, I went up on Vistaprint. And I had these uh, these cards made up. And then what I did is I've been collecting musicians and different people on Snapchat, right? And I put out a snap and I said, hey, do you guys um, like these posters? If you do, send me your, um, your mailing address and I'll mail you a stack of these if you promise to put them up in your local music stores, right? And so what I did is I, I actually printed up my Google Analytics um, map of america and where people are listening to the podcast right and so i was like look if you guys live in a white area i will actually email you free guitar strings and guitar picks if you post these up in your music store and take a picture of it and if you can get music store owners to share the podcast on their social media i'll really hook you up right wow. like and wow. so yeah and so basically you take you take your 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 brand and you you push it out into the real world, which is really what we're we we forget about that. That's the whole point of what we're doing is connecting with people in a way that yeah, exactly. And then oh, look, yeah. uh, that Snapchat star is telling me that. I mean, I, I, there you go. And I, I mean, here and I wore the, I I rock this. I, like at, I rock this at South by Southwest, and the amount of people that stopped me to take a to scan it was. I mean, I would say probably total of like 60 total at South by stopped me. But I, I felt like that was 60 people that probably would have never either not found me. Or, you know, now, granted, I do have my Twitter hand on my hat. But like the average person isn't double logoing. Um, piece. No, I think that's a great point. Like taking it off. I mean, like Chocolate Johnny has his snap code in the window of his uh, chocolate store in Australia. So if you go into his chocolate store, you see the you see it on the, in the window. Right. I think. Yeah, I love it. I think that's that's a great, great tip, my friend. Yeah. The other thing that I did is that I, um, I want to try to figure out how to dominate the guitar world on Snapchat, right? So I bought a domain name, which I couldn't believe was available, guitarsnaps.com, right? And so I'm actually going to make a guitar repository of guitar players, snap codes, and that's all that's going to be on the website for now. And nice. of course, I'll strategically place myself at the top of the page, right? Of course. And then everybody else, you know, you kind of start collecting snap codes of guitar players. And then at some point, I'll start cashing in on all the people following me and, and build connections and networking. I, I'm a networker, if you guys can't tell. But anyway, so but anyway, that's, I just wanted awesome to share that with you guys. Awesome ideas. Yeah, I, Matt, thank you. I, we appreciate that. I'm going to um, I'm going to let someone else jump in real quick. I, I also want to thank you. Uh, thank you so much, man. On Twitter and Blabs. Uh, I lost the ability to add again, Bri. Here, here, I got it. I got you. Okay, uh, Carlos wants to jump in. Let Carlos in. I love how yeah. no one's asking me to do anything. 
Um, <laughs> I don't Carlos, even know what I have the ability to do. Before Carlos says anything, I want to say that um, I want to finish answering April's question. Yes, it could turn into that spammy. Like people are going to start calling me. It hasn't happened yet. Oh, it's happening. It's happening um, already. It's not happening to you for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, have, I have certain things turned off. So like, I, I'm not one of those who's like, yeah, everybody go ahead and call me. But uh, well, I'm curious about like how that works. Like I don't have notifications turned on, but it felt like such a traditional phone call. Like it's like that. I just, I don't know. I don't, I haven't had enough experience with it yet, but it's definitely an interesting point. Well, keep playing with it. it. It will turn into spam, uh, April. There's, I mean, there's no doubt about it. It will. And of course, but that happens everywhere. So you have to accept it. It's just managing notifications, mm-hmm. managing how you interact on the platform. It's just a YouTube um, video waiting to happen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Is. All right, uh, Carlos, what's up? Bud? What's going on, guys? Just want to stop by and say it's a great day to be a Snapchatter. And, it sure uh, is. Yeah, I'm really Amen, annoyed. brother. You've Preach. been you've been waiting to say that all day. I well, know. You know what? I, I absolutely have. I've been waiting to join three beautiful faces and and share that with you guys as well as with the Blab Universe here. No, you know what's great, guys. What's great is you know we all you know we're all in the marketing space. We deal with this. How many punches have we have we taken over the last couple of months because we've been you know proponents for Snapchat and you know we've all been saying it like this is a new network, guys. It's really only been out when you think about it since 2011. That's five years. And what up, really Snapchat over, fam? <laughs> only over the last year or so has Snapchat really progressed. And it seems like everyone else from the other networks is catching on now. So these guys are moving at a very rapid pace. They just made an acquisition uh, for you know the company owns Bitmoji. And you're seeing that now with the stickers. Like, let's talk about monetization for a second. You know, you have obviously custom geo filters. Imagine now brands that are gonna be able to have their own Bitmoji, either have their own stickers. So I think very quickly. And how did Snapchat not get a game changer uh, sticker when they put that feature out? Like I already tweeted them and said, like you give me, you have all those different sayings. You don't have game changer as one of them. Well, just imagine if we could have our own stickers. Like as excited as we are now about having geo filters, we already have Bitmojis. I know I've created them. I'm not a huge like user of Bitmojis. But if that's something that now we can start incorporating, it's it's can humanize our snaps even more. From a brand standpoint, the way I look at it is, you know, this is a way that brands are going to be able to be much more personable in terms well, of how and, they and, go to market. Um, and Yano Brand here asked, you know, he said he said is, um, you know, are people are people putting brand stickers on your snaps? If you were at South by Southwest, the brand geo filters mm-hmm. were screenshotted and posted on Twitter. Over the Mr. Robot was posted over a hundred thousand times. Mr. Robot, the brand, was posted on Twitter of a screenshot taken from Snapchat of a geo filter. If that's right. not ridiculous, you know, like so that and that's one. And then Spotify was north of eighty-five thousand. That's wow. a brand. Uh, Spotify and then Samsung with their VR one was the number one. Samsung actually got posted more than Mr. Robot. Granted, it was over a longer time. So I think of Samsung as a brand. I think of Spotify as a brand. And, and here's the thing: brands stop pushing your brand and start pushing the experience that you're like. I mean, Red Bull does it, right? Red Bull does a pretty good one where it's not really the Red Bull can; mm-hmm. it's the event name and it's some kind of lo- like phrase it's kind of kind of state right like no i don't want a freaking coke can or a uh i don't want a converse logo on there but if it's like kicking it in the streets Mm -hmm. and it's converse has the their logo on the bottom right corner you're damn right i'm gonna put that on a bunch of things so i think part of this comes down to let 
The reason I think there's so many there's naysayers and haters is I think there's ultimate the thing of change, and I think it's ultimately trying to identify old KPIs to new platforms. Right. Exactly. And it's everybody that said Twitter had no value, and you know, and I've had this conversation with Chris Brogan when he was on Twitter crushing it. Every single person was telling him what's the ROI, and he was taking it to other platforms and driving blog and email sign up, and he knew it right. But then eventually when it started to get everybody was on there, now Chris doesn't even barely like Twitter, right? So he's 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 figuring out another platform. So I think there's there's twofold. And let's face it, a majority of people on Snapchat, the reason they like Snapchat is because brands aren't on it. Correct. Like, I agree. All of us love what we're doing. Like nobody gets up in the morning and says, what's the brand doing on social media? Nobody. Zero zilch. I, I agree. We have to remember that because I, I think for me, part of my argument ends up coming back to like, Hell yeah, it's a place where I'm, me as a personal brand would be. And if I was a leader of a startup or of a brand, I would be on there with my personal brand and I yes. would be establishing these relationships, not just my brand. My brand. Uh, I had this conversation with Carlos the other – yes, I think it was yesterday, Carlos, we talked about yeah, this a little bit. And you know, the first thing that we I thought about was that brands are afraid of – or businesses might be afraid of this, marketers might be afraid of this. You would need a dedicated, like the amount of engagement you could potentially like procure for lack of better word with on Snapchat for your brand, especially larger brands, you would need dedicated individuals responding one-on-one to Snapchat, to video uh, chats, to, you know, messages, whatever it may be. And I think that is one of the biggest fears it's not a bad thing chris straub but i think it's a fear because it's like well wait a minute we can't we don't even get this social media thing Mm -hmm. how the hell are we supposed to respond what happens what happens you know i'm going to jump in there on on that you know what we were talking about is snapchat could essentially bring the community manager role to a whole nother level and where i'm going with this is that really the voice of a brand on social in a lot of cases is your community manager but you never see this person this person is voiceless. They're faceless. All they are is an all they are is an arrow with initials. Well, they're voiceless and powerless, right? Because I've always I've always petitioned for the community manager to be in the boardroom, and I will I will say that for the rest of my life because Absolutely. you want them to tell the brand story, pitch the brand, be the first touch point of every potential client, the only touch point of your current clients, and yet you keep them seven layers away from. Well, the, the reality is, oftentimes your community manager. The role is completely different than a social media manager. Oftentimes, the community right. manager sits within an agency that's representing the brand who essentially you know, reports into a social media manager on the brand side. So because they're so fragmented and siloed, okay, that person, all they are is just a text-based character. I think with Snapchat, okay, especially with these new features that have just rolled out, I just use Home Depot as an example. Okay, So you go to Home Depot, you buy something, you want to see how the product works in action. Imagine if you can use Snapchat and you can message Home Depot directly. And now there's an actual person that's going to answer you, that can speak to you, can hear a voice. It, it like brings sexy back to the call center, essentially. Or that person bring sexy back. Or that person can essentially turn the phone around. They can show you how to create something. So that's where well, I see I, it. But from a marketing standpoint, manage expectations. You have to manage expectations on every new platform. Like the fact that you like someone would be like, how do I man? How do I reply to every person? Who the hell said you had to reply to every person, right? Like the idea is that like when you're pitching something and you're saying, hey, you're giving a call to action. Hey, I'm like, I'm gonna make sure I get 50 people are going to get a direct reply from me, the CEO that no one said that you have to have a hundred percent engagement. I think it comes down to managing expectations. And I think ultimately we use that as an excuse. Like I can't scale. I can't reply to everybody who 
what freaking person said that? And I think that's the, you know, like, and I think part of the cool part is, I mean, Mark I got called out like, at South by Southwest. I called out three different people yeah. said, Brian, we don't believe you're the, they said, who's replying under Brian's Snapchat account. So I, of course, did a video right back, like me and like, you know, being a, silly. A real person. Yeah. Like me, like the person that's freaking replying. But no, I think, the, I, I think it's, it's an interesting, I mean, it's a definitely interesting conversation because I think that, I think Blab should be used as a customer service tool. I agree. Like, I mean, like but, this but is Blab is also a public forum. You got to yeah. think. So but hold on a, a second, guys. guys we haven't even gotten brands to embrace Twitter. First of all, as a like customer service tool. Let's or let's peel back the onion. Let's peel back the layers of the onions. Most marketers. I don't want to cry. Most marketers are not practitioners. We just got to say it for what it is. So because I, I, absolutely. So because uh, I, I'm talking about brand marketers. Absolutely. Specifically, brand marketers, a lot of them are not practitioners. These are the people that I consider colleagues and peers at other companies. They're not using Blab. They're not really using Snapchat. So when all this all this stuff comes out, like we get all excited about it, like we're speaking in a vacuum. And I think we need to use these tools to really create awareness of what it can do. I want to say this before I have to jump off. So content creation is a thing that really is going to plague brands that want to get into the Snapchat space. Very easy to talk about from a customer service standpoint, how it can be used. We touched on that. Creating content is the biggest challenge because let's face it, you're going to have to put a face behind your brand now. You can't just go out and do an influencer campaign every week. That's not realistic. You're going to have to get someone like me that works in your marketing department to actually be the face of your brand. I think that is the hardest thing. Well, I looked at a memo to Snapchat. Snapchat's not doing it. Every Snapchat that comes from Team Snapchat is not a human. I, I, and I reply back to that and I've, and I've called them out on it because you know what? Periscope sucks at it too. And Lily is a great community manager, but they do not put a face in their brand. Nope. I think faces have to put on brands. I don't care if it's your community manager, your CMO. There has to be some brand identity, and it has to be a human because we all b- don't believe a freaking logo, you know, is the CEO. Like, let's, let's get over that. Like, Mark Cuban is not replying from the Dallas Mavericks handle. Like, <laughs> holy crap, we figured that out nine years ago. Like, that, that, no, I, I, right. I think that's, that's a really good point. And, and I would love to see Snapchat do it. I, and it doesn't have to be Evan. I, I, put, put a... Put a you know put a community manager behind there and start replying from that that account. And I think monumentally, what that's going to do is that's going to shift how brands start hiring, as social just becomes much more integrated in marketing across the board. They're going to have to start looking for how do we hire the right person who's not just going to be a fit for our company on paper, education wise, but they're going to have the persona, they're going to have you know the charisma to really represent and embody our brand. And that is where you bring your advocates to life. Start hiring more advocates instead of marketers on paper or you know or or hire community managers to understand a platform like you know if anybody knows kristen cardos i the reason i say the greatest yep. live stream community manager that exists is because she gets it she under like the reason cloud talk is a show that continues on every thursday and i have two sponsors on it like i have a community manager that i didn't take from a different role or from an internship i had someone that was a badass community member that became a community manager that understands the platform the content the context the community right and i think ultimately you know that is the underlying problem you know i have no problem with you outsourcing it if you're outsourcing it to someone that knows the community your story and that platform as well as anybody else because i mean that's that's why we're successful and i think that even includes on snapchat like i would love to see a a you know let's say a richard branson on snapchat and him letting people know like my community manager ricky is going to be the one replying back to you but like ricky and i have four conversations every week together like imagine if you manage that expectation ricky now is you know it's actually like it's d rock right d rock of of 
uh, of Gary V. D Rock is his own superstar because of the Daily V show, mm -hmm. because of Gary kind of putting out there like it's his production, it's his story, it's his piece. Nobody's saying, Gary, why is D Rock getting like, you know, like we, we understand that there's other elements here, but it's about transparency. And like, don't tell me Richard Branson's on there and is going to reply to every tweet, every snap. Let, let, let's set the expectation and be realistic. Uh, I want to. I want to get back to answering some questions. There's a few more in the queue here. Carlos, are you going to hang around, or are you going to bounce? I'm gonna jump off, guys. Okay. All right. Thanks, Carlos. Chat. Take care, Thank bud. You, thanks Alex. for jumping in, Brian. If I can't let people, okay, I can let people in. So Yano, I know you wanted to jump in. I can't see it. There's a uh, Yano brand. He wanted to jump in for a while. He's been asking. Oh yeah. So. Click the button again. I can't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I so see let, him. Yeah, I see let him, him in. I, I want to, so Yana or Steve, Thank okay, you guys. now we know his real name. First of all, I wanted to say, um, I want to say this is really great dialogue and I appreciate all your uh, opinions and everything else. It's funny cool, that you're me in because uh, I started, uh, built a multimedia department at Atlantic Records back in 1994 and I worked at Apple's Interactive Music Group in 96 and 97. So it was early on in the technology days. So it's great to see how you guys are pushing the envelope. Um, and I still am doing this. And what I have a question for you is when we talk about engagement, and Brian, you're using yeah. the word engagement, sort of, we say that word, that glossy word. A couple things. First of all, Snapchat is funded and they're booking revenue, but people are really kind of pissed by in getting intruded on their experience with Snapchat. When you talk about engagement, engaging with Janelle Monet's 10 second spot in the middle of a three and a half minute or seven minute Super Bowl live story is not exactly something that's going to make me get excited about Pepsi. And if they do it three times, sort of like old school television, where people are constantly trying to skip commercials, it's sort of a platform that's not built for markers. And no one Steve, is- Steve, before willing, you continue, before you continue, Steve, hold on, just- Sure, sure. Because, you know, I, I was managing some of your conversation here on, on set. Um, um, you use Snapchat. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you use it daily? Yes, I do. I actually. You, uh, what type of? And I'm not. Again, this is not. An, uh, I'm not trying to like come down. I'm just curious. No, please, please. What um, do you like? What kind of content do you create on Snapchat? What kind of content to create? Yeah. Um, I am more of a voyeur with Snapchat and studied it very specifically around marketing and how brands could actually, uh, how brands could, how it could be made useful for their means. Also understanding how it's valuable for personal brands, like all of your personal brands. What I found most importantly is three things. Snapchat is engagement by exclusion, where not everyone can participate in the conversation because there's only so much screen time you have. Live stories is the is has been the ask why people should be involved with look at me, I got on live stories. I think for small events and for groups, I think it's fantastic technology, and I think it does offer that personalization. But I think that the other piece is you have to have a sustainable model in order for it to continue to thrive. Just because someone builds something and it's a great tool for us right here doesn't mean it's going to be a tool that someone's just going to pay money for to say, oh, great, I have money to spend. Let me fund Snapchat. I'll figure out how to make money after 40 million people are on it. It's I think really challenging to under to think that marketers are all of a sudden going to come flying in. And again, I agree with what Brian, you made a really good point about um, how brands can get involved and should be more of a face. The thing is, is that what kind of face Pepsi or uh, I think the, the gentleman that was there before talked about Home Depot. Lowe's did a, uh, had a Vine campaign called Lowe's Picks and Six. 
yeah, what they was did actually, was, it was, it was awesome. but this is really interesting. You'll find this is, I couldn't believe this. I was beside myself. The creative director at the agency talked about this in front of, you know, all these marketers. First, he said it only cost us five grand. And I laughed because it's like, great. Why are they paying you guys all this money if it only costs five grand to produce? But it's not about how much it costs to produce. It was what they produced. And it was, how do you um, clean a paint tray in six seconds? And they showed these, you know, short form, really quick clips about how you do things. But what they didn't do is they created them themselves. Wouldn't it be valuable to talk to someone in Wisconsin or a shop mechanic in Montana and ask them, how would you fix this? How would you do that? So they never asked the community about how you, how you would create solutions. So it's almost that we have this great tool, but you're right. People don't know how to use it. That would well, be a way for marketers to use it. That's part of the problem, right? I think a great example is CES. Yeah. At CES, they had drone day on day two. And Best Buy was the sponsor within the um, within the you know the the story. And if you would have told me that ahead of time, I would have said this is going to be horrible, right? Because I I feel like I run Best Buy over the rugs because I feel like they're like the blockbuster, uh, you know, in the very near future because they don't. But what they did that was killer was that the ad was actually a drone flying inside of the Best Buy that crashes into the ceiling and drops out and lands on top of all of the drone supplies that they actually have. And all it said was, we sell drones too. Now I can tell you just from me personally, the amount of times that I have told people when they're talking about drones that Best Buy sells drones is slightly ridiculous because it kind of got me really mad that, they, that their ad worked to a T because A, they knew their audience. They B, they knew that the, the story was around like because the whole CES day that was day was drones. Like it wasn't just like a right. tech day and all of a sudden the drone was flying. Yeah. But I think partially of this it ends up being is when when does an ad become an experience, not an interruption? But and then that, that experience great? actually makes an impression. That's a really, really great point. But is that an experience or is that just an opportunity of someone who's, you know, it's not it's common sense. Well, it educated me. I would have told. I would have said no way does drones sell. Are drones being sold at Best Buy? But you know, so they took right. the fact that you were paying attention. It's similar to think about this. There was an article. I happened to write this article in '94. I'm like a gray hair, but don't let it lose my coolness. Okay. Yeah, we got plenty it. of those in the room. Don't worry. It's it's okay. I'll show you my pictures with Soundgarden and all the shit that I've. You know, it's great. I'm, it's just me. But everyone else has plenty of great connections and relationships. But what's really interesting is that. Mountain Dew paved the way with their relationship to action sports because they built skate parks, they funded riders, and they did these things. So when you went into a store, a 7-Eleven, when you wanted to get something to drink and you were skate punk in Chicago after school, smoking butts, blunts, and uh, listening to Man Cow on Q101 and hanging out, I'd go and grab a Mountain Dew, right? Now Red Bull is taking that over, but it's adrenaline. You have Nike was all about basketball. I can't tell you how many times I was talking about how do we involve music with Nike years ago? And they said, no, we're, pu we're purists. So they sort of like carved that out and they took it, they took that niche and they basically said, I'm going to own this. But they did it by doing all these things around their brand. So what I think brands and marketers have less understanding, and this is just my opinion, is that they need to play in all the arenas. They need to be there. And what they do is they need to support the efforts. They need to support how you do things. They need to support content. They don't necessarily or not necessarily good at creating content. Anyone who says we create the best content or we know the best content, that is such a false statement because what's good to you, what's good to me, what you like, 
They're all different things. One thing you know, kind of What's that? Value determined by your audience. So I always say that we are, we, you know, everyone talks about being a fan, but what really share, the one thing that we can absolutely not, you know, can't dispute, even though my mother cuts off the pictures when she's taking them, it's still pictures from my mom. Even if you're my friend, even if you're the worst videographer, the fact that you took the video and sent it to me, we're still your friends. So all of that content means something. And I'm talking about acquaintances, but you know, you talk about Facebook friends if you want. You don't know everybody like really closely, but imagine if there was an experience where you would always see the content from your friends. And that's the other question I have. How do you know who is going to always give you content that you want to follow? I find the Facebook news feed and this whole thing about having to put algorithms and saying you have to choose which people you're going to see first. You're going to miss out on all this other content of other affinities. So you and I may be well, skateboarders, okay, but I don't know okay. you. What's true, that? true. So I there mean, listen, the algorithms. There's some platforms the coming that are going to change that. And it's going to so allow you to see your friends all doing skateboard stunts in a row. It's going to allow all your friends that are basket, basketball fans who are fans of their own team. You can see all of your friends on a Saturday or on a Thursday cheering for their teams all of those friends and people you may just know are acquaintances, but the affinity is college basketball. The affinity is I'm a skateboarder. The affinity is I want to show my happy. The affinity is I'm going to show you my gangnam style. The affinity is I'm going to show you stupid pet tricks, which is why America's Funniest Home Videos has been for 26 years, been one of the most syndicated shows. It's just mashup videos of stuff. Snapchat's a mashup video platform in a way. It's just who are you going to listen to or who are you going to want to see? So anyway, I, I love don't mean to take up too much airtime, but yeah. Thanks so much. Steve. I, I will very good thoughts. Thanks, Steve. No. It was okay. It looked like the, okay. The echo was coming from Steve. Cool. Um, thanks Steve for jumping in. Right, we're going to, I do want to answer some other, yeah. other questions here. Uh, Brian Kramer. Okay. No, we're not going to answer that question. <laughs> uh, Rachel Miller says, how should a brand start sharing their story on Snapchat? Um, let's go. Let's go to Amy because we haven't heard from Amy. <laughs> she hasn't opened her mouth in like a few minutes. I I mean, like this is like the. I, correct me if I'm wrong, Rachel, but this is like the classic. You know, how do I publish my first YouTube video? Like question. I think you just start. Um, and yeah, I mean, there needs to be a strategy involved, but the thing with Snapchat is you just aren't going to know what's going to work until you start publishing it. So I just think it's a just start situation and, um, not having too much analysis paralysis, but doing the due diligence of the policies within your brand. Yeah. There's, you know, we get, we get paralyzed by trying to figure out like, Oh, what kind you know, what kind of content am I going to create? What am I going to, you know, who are we going to use as the, the face of the brand? What? And it's like, you know, and Amy and I have a client that we've been trying to like just get them to start, not just with Snapchat, but with other things. It's like just you know start doing it because it'll work. You already have a following somewhere. Like let's get them some content. Let's show them that you are putting out content. And um, you know, and and when they do, it's great. When they don't do it, they're like, oh, no one's no one's paying attention to us. It's like yeah, because you're just not creating content. Sometimes all it takes is consistency i mean i see it with my own podcast i was gone for two weeks and you know the i had downloads but i was kind of like 
you know, a lot of the buzz went by, kind of like went by the wayside. As soon as I got back to my daily publishing schedule and I'm talking about stuff that was the audience wanted to hear, all of a sudden downloads are tripled again and people are buzzing about it. I'm getting Snapchats about it. It's like, well, I, I think, wow, I'm j- just create. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Just create. Amy's created well, her videos well, this, for how many years? Part of this comes down to from a brand perspective. I think there's plenty of brands and personal brands that are doing it really freaking well. I think you mm-hmm. listen and then you decide what does success look like for you? And is it collaborating with an influencer to educate people, people about you being on Snapchat so that you start to build a presence so that you can tell your ultimate story? Or yeah. is it, hey, I want to start understanding, like, how do I link this with, a, with an event? And you give out exclusive tickets. And the only way you can get VIP tickets to the Pepsi sponsored event is following us on Snapchat and snapping in for our thing, right? Like I think ultimately, I think the problem ends up being when you take traditional marketers that have traditional marketing strategies and you try to backload it into a Snapchat story, it doesn't work. But if you look at what's working from Snapchatters and there's, I mean, how many brands are there out there that are, in my opinion, that are doing it really, really freaking well. Like, sure. let's listen and learn to them. And like, even like Sean Doris or someone at, at South by that, I absolutely love what he had to say. Like for him, he, when a brand talks to him, they don't know their strategy. They just know they want to be on Snapchat. So then he has to go back and look like my, my job right now is to end up going in the middle there and say, okay, what's, what is success like for you? And then how do I backload that in the Snapchat? I think we start the other way around. Like, I don't want you to like, don't do traditional influencer marketing. Don't hire a bunch of people to talk about your brand. Do a takeover. Do you understand what a, what a Snapchat takeover is? If you don't, don't try. You know, like, I think that's part of the problem. I think the problem ends up being we're trying to think like a brand from another platform instead of thinking like a brand that fits inside of Snapchat. Uh, yeah, I would take out the middle part of that sentence, like on another platform. They're just thinking like platform. a brand, period. Right. Like, so, what yeah. what is our priority? What do we want to get out there? Okay, Snapchat, here you go. Instead of, oh, how do things work? here how do people think here how do they receive information here brian let uh homie come in if he's asked i for some reason it's not letting me like pick people to come on Um, in um but yeah consistency on the platform everyone that's in there if you're people that have hit the seat unhit the seat and then hit it again because i can't click on your name i can see you so Click out and then click back in. We should be able to get you back. While in. you're doing that, we'll answer some questions. Uh, we have Mitch Jackson said, what's the most important step? Don't forget this one thing we all need to do on Snapchat without exception. I would say engage. I don't know. I'm sure Mitch has a, a very specific thing that Mine's he wants to watch more snaps than you snap. My opinion, in my opinion, people that say they don't know how to learn, they don't understand the platform, they can't grow, but yet they only broadcast their own crap. How the hell are you ever going to learn if you're not watching someone else's stuff? That's just my own person. Like, I mean, I, the amount of snap that I consume is slightly ridiculous. But it's because I want to understand every type of creator on there. Find the creators that you, that are doing it in a way that you would be interested in. Put the A in front of their name with a, with a emoji and watch yeah. their content consistently. That'd be my answer. What's your answer? Uh, oh, God. I mean, those that I think those are are very good answers. But what I really love about Snapchat is that they encourage consistency by basically requiring it. So you have to get your story out there and keep something live for 24 hours, similar to how Periscope is doing things, I think, still. Um, You only have your scope out for 24 hours. So if it's gone and people go to your profile and there's no recent activity, then there's nothing to sort of base things on. So I think if you want to make sure that you have the best 
representation of your brand at all times, there's always going to be something in your story within the last 24 hours. Um, I just, I find that to be a really interesting feature. So I think that that's, that's good advice on the publishing front. Well, and even more so now with the autoplay story, right? The, uh, the fact that your autoplay story happens where you're at in the story funnel is extremely important. Now, like my, the tip for me for getting most views on my content is pretty simple. I, I build out a strategy that I actually deliver via Snapchat throughout the day. I don't deliver anything all at once. So even if I, if I know, like, I'm like, Hey, I want to, I want to rant about this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it eight times across 10 hours instead of eight times in one hour, because once you're back down the feed, now you're not going to be able, you know, doing some of those those pieces. So uh, is, did Homie jump in there? Hold on. I don't know. I'm, I I'm, in. Having, I'm having an issue here. Hold on. Jump back in. Where'd he go? Um, I can let people in, I think. Well, while we're trying to figure that out, uh, I'm going to answer another question here. If Snapchat is a viable lead gen, what features should they add? A nice question by Rachel Lou Miller there. Oh, there he is. <laughs> what happened there? Oh, wait a second. I got this. I is home. so crazy right uh, now. Help. Hold on. <laughs> All right. This is freaky. <laughs> Hold on. Are you on audio only? Because I hear you, but I see. Uh... Are you guys hacking me? <laughs> wait, what is going on? <laughs> this is like super so trippy right now. So you're in God. We, we stop hacking me right now. Maybe you should lock this. You know, it's like the voice of God or something. I don't. Homie's I don't see anybody. Lab stud, uh, homie's talking, but we can't hear. We can God hear him. We can't see him. We totally hacked, uh, Blab guys. Snapchat. Can who? <laughs> can homie? Can you uh, refresh or whoever is in the box right now? Can you refresh? Yeah, Joel, come refresh too. One uh, second. So right, I still hear somebody, right? I know. Oh, the first Vincenzo Landino show, and of course, I break blab on my first Vincenzo Landino show. I am Vincenzo so Landino happy. Show and you can't use any of the controls. Oh yeah, my gosh. Um, hey, Furcon, it's the Vincenzo Landino show, and I have no control over my own damn show. What's going on with we have, that? We have, five, we have five squares now. It was Whitey Cracker, Bryce Case Jr., digitalgangster.com. He did it. He did it? <laughs> he done it. I'm so confused. Homie, don't play that. What? All right, this is crazy. Anyway, so let's answer this question, Bri. I don't know what's going on here. I can't seem to answer I anything. I personally think Snapchat doesn't have to add a feature. I think the I think the people and brands using it just have to be more intuitive and contextual about how they deliver calls to action. Truly, because you know it was funny. Like Vinny, I think you were talking about this the other day, where we were enlightening somebody at a brand that was like, "Ah, oh, Snapchat." And then you were like, well, what about the calls to action? Like you can get people and they were like, what? There's calls to action. It's like, yeah, it's called oh, yeah, yeah. into the text. So I just think that it's, it's a lot of the functionality that may look very um, like, I guess it is janky. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it seems like there's not real uh, potential for calls to action, but there are. I guess the, the comparison I would draw here is that YouTube annotations were, you, were for a long time the only 
functional button you could basically add to videos to get them to take another action. And now we have YouTube cards, which are much more sophisticated looking, but the annotations were still effective because they called your attention to it. So I just think, I don't think it's that we have to add features. They can keep doing what they're doing because they're thinking like their users. And that's the best possible thing that they could be doing because it's the brands that have to pick up their shit and get better at communicating. No, yeah. yeah. Um, the other Ryan. point that Ryan, Ryan, from, yeah. Ryan Boyle said in the comments, and he's like, you know, we are talking about marketing, but the element of storytelling that convince, you know, like that builds advocacy. I think that's something that like, that truly is the power of, you know, working with, so like right so this weekend, um, Del Mundo, who I give like all my credit for, um, like re looking at Snapchat was because Nick Cicero kind of was like, Hey, look what the hell I'm doing. And I'm a big fan of his, um, they're sending, they have two Snapchatters going to the final four that are paid by a brand to go there and they're doing final four stories. They'll have final. And I think what they're end up doing is they have, there's no call to action in their strategy, but their call to action is the fact they're going to give you unprecedented experience, creativity, and they're going to connect with their type of storytelling that ultimately at the end, I'm going to be a bigger fan of AT&T hopefully than I was at the start. Right. And I think that's a call to action. That's a marketing strategy that is just not your typical. I'm driving to a white paper lead, boring webinar crap. Yeah, but to answer and to answer Ryan's question about like is good creative good or is only good creative good marketing, I think in today's day and age, or not day, day and age, but in today's marketing environment, today's branding environment, you have to tell a good story. You have to be, you have to have amazing creative because you get drowned out. There's so much more daily. Brian knows the stats on you know how many days or years of video are watched on periscope can you imagine if you're just one of those that is saying the same damn thing everybody else is saying you get drowned out i can pick from a thousand other people that are talking about periscope on periscope i can pick from a million other people that are talking about blab on blab and the problem is just go and create freaking content go and do something this is why like amy said it lends exactly to what amy said just start, you know, how does your brand get started on, on let's say Snapchat? Well, get in there and start creating content because that's the only way you can do it. Brands have created content all along. Brands never had a problem creating content. Brands will never have a problem creating content, whether you're a sneaker brand, whether you're a, a telephone brand, whether you make these damn things, like you're never going to have a problem creating content. It's what happens is we start thinking, well, wait a minute. How do I do it on Snapchat? How do I do it on Twitter? How do I do it on blah? And then you start screwing that up and you start becoming promotional instead of telling a story about who the hell your company is. <laughs> that wasn't the orange dildo, guys. It was what my swell bottle. Oh, I'm listening. This is legendary. This is a, a I'm so glad you're recording this, Vincenzo, because this actually this replay needs to get in the hands of brands. Uh, this is a great reference point. This, this there's been so much knowledge. Shared I want to make sure this part of it gets like out there. But brands have stories. Amy and I, we you know walked into uh, one of our clients and we were like listen what's your brand story because you're not telling your brand story nowhere on any of your social platforms nowhere on your website on your blog anywhere do you have a story no one knows anything about your brand aside from hey buy our products buy our products this is our product this is what you know what we're selling and it's like everybody and their mother selling something and you know yeah, i, I mean, walk through the story 
the story element, the problem, I mean, I'm an employee advocacy guy, right? Like the story element to me, the problem is the story is you ask 10 people in a company with a story of their brand is, and you'll get nine different answers. And one person says, I don't know. And I think, I think ultimately you have the greatest storytellers of your brand, all as your current employees on your payroll. And you can't figure that part out. Like I, that's why employee advocacy to me has always been broken. I think we've, we've come at it from the wrong way. I think we ultimately have to be better at defining our brand or understanding what the experience is. I, I like, you know, the 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 topic of niche came up earlier like i like i like a department having a story that is part of the brand value proposition but is that is the representation of that group and they can start telling that like i mean i would be perfectly fine with you know you you know i I think like on periscope right like hootsuite does like did the big takeover but i would love to see hootsuite do a uk day or hootsuite social selling week and all their periscopes that week are about social selling like because like i think sometimes we're trying to get too big of a pie when we're telling a story and rather than starting at a, at a niche piece and i'm the anti-niche guy right like because i'm like the one that refuses to niche out myself but i think that's part of the storytelling problem what say you so, Joel, Joel? you can speak what's up i'm i'm loving listen you guys you're my favorite millennials i swear it's just it's you're also you're so all freaking brilliant and this there are different perspectives that you have on uh, this platform on social in general i think that that's why just like listening to this brands need to be watching this so um two things one do you have any of you tested letting your story completely disappear going dark and then coming back and what what are you seeing when you do do you see a drop off or do you I, see a bump i just did it so my first story from coming back from the kind of all that travel I was doing, my first story, I got sick. So I didn't do anything for like three days or four days. And I started, my first story was decent. I had some, you know, had some drop off. I would say, I actually would say about a 20% drop off. And then I started, as I kept going, I, I started noticing the pickup again. People were like, oh, he's back. It, at least that's the mentality. And I started seeing a lot more interaction. People were like, hey, hope you know, heard you were, you were sick. Like people knew because they saw me on other platforms and then they were interacting with me on Snapchat. Um, and now that I'm consistently back into it, I'm seeing the numbers climb back up again. Um, what so about you too? You made a good point. Um, which part? Which, which point? All of them, Amy. Okay. Well, you made a good point because you said you said earlier that you have to kind of keep oh yeah, sorry, there all the time. And, and so, the, and to that point, then that brilliant point that I made, um, I I was gonna say that I actually have never noticed uh, peak or drop off because kind of contrary to Brian's point earlier was, you know, he said he, if he'll do a rant, he'll, he'll spread it out over the, over the day. But I actually find it interesting because obviously I'm a YouTube retention, audience retention, sort of like nerd. I actually find it interesting to get your whole, like one rant out during one time to see how many of the pieces of the story get uh, stayed with for the most of the audience. But the thing is like, if you let something go for 12 hours, 18 hours, you still have something on your store. You're still at the bottom of the feed. You really need to be posting throughout the day to stay relevant. Now, I honestly think that's the only thing that matters. If my audience wants to watch my snap story and I fell off for a couple of days, as soon as there's a new snap at the top of the feed, they're going to watch it. I, I haven't noticed a, a drop. I've only seen increase on Snapchat, but that could just be because it's becoming more popular. I mean, this so I, is I, a lab. I have, but I have two, so I have two strategies on that that I test every time. And one of them is two goals. 
One of them, do I want amounts of total viewers to watch the total story or the amount of people to watch a complete story? And there are two different strategies. And so I can tell you from Amy on your side, what I would do is if I want to, if I want to, to understand if the content, cause like I actually do this for my periscopes, right? So I, I, I cover 10 tips and then I do them all right, right in a row, like really close together. I want to see well, when someone got to the sixth tip, they were now bored. So I'm going to do four tips on my Periscope because I realized on Snapchat, they started ejecting and my numbers dropped 100 views. But if I want, so, if I want to say, hey, I want this, this entire story to get 700 views, I will do that same short one, but I also will do eight more steps throughout the day to keep that thing at the top of the feed, which I think is going to even be a more important strategy now with this new feature with the continuation of snaps. Now I do like the, you can skip through, but I don't know how many people are going to realize that functionality even exists. Right. Cause they're all of a sudden they're going to go, well, now I'm just watching every. I did it on accident. Right. And I, and I mean, I, I did it and I'm very much like, I'm trying to figure out like, cause Snapchat's sneaky with like random features. So every single feature I'm like touching everything on the screen. I have two fingers on it. I'm swiping <laughs> down. So I'm like, I mean, here's one. And I, Enzo and I found it out. Guess what the can and, and I think I don't think anybody's talked about this yet. The camera and the micro the microphone that the video chat is using on Snapchat is not the same as Periscope. How we found that out was I was video chatting with Enzo with my Olo clip on, and it actually uses the microphone that we use for FaceTime, which is up here, where Periscope uses the one which is the one for your phone when you're talking. What if that so was you cannot use the Olo clip. When you're doing a video chat, you cannot cover the top up by that where the um, where the camera is when you're doing video on Snapchat or it'll come across muffled because unlike Periscope, they're not allowing you to switch through the cameras back and forth. Their idea is, is conversation with a video rather than using the camera on the bottom, which allows you to flip back and forth. I'm so, sure and I'm sure they'll they'll, you know, work it, work it out. Joel wanted to say something about the phone being a lab. The, the, so you know i've been people are asking me what is that what is it about snapchat that has you so excited and over the past couple of weeks i finally come up with, with an analogy that i can tell this story now when i was before you were all born <laughs> my dad had a super eight movie camera with you know and, and we would go and buy you know just like we'd buy film for our little instamatics we'd buy a reel that would hold three minutes of silent film color and i'd and when my dad handed me that camera and i put that film in i felt like wow i can now create and we would take that film from my little creation whatever films i made which you couldn't edit i mean yeah you could splice stuff together but i was eight years old and we would take it to the photo mat and they would develop it. We'd leave it for a few days, come back with it, get the projector out, pull the screen up, thread the film in, the light would come on. And there was my creation. Now, over the years, I, you know, I then got to play with real video, video cameras. And then, of course, we've got, you know, video now on our phones. But something about Snapchat makes me feel the same way I did as a 10 year old boy or whatever I was when my dad handed me that simple movie camera. That's the only way I know how to explain it. And what this is, is a laboratory. You guys are all, we're, we're discussing, how are you using it? What are you discovering that's working? We are pioneering it because nobody has it figured out yet. That's why this is the most exciting place. And I don't care if there's naysayers. Let, there's gonna be naysayers even after the thing goes beyond mainstream. Right. Even after all the marketers arrive and the brands are using it, there's still going to be naysayers. There's still people saying, I hate Facebook. Facebook sucks. I hate Twitter. I hate YouTube, whatever. Fine. But we're here 
which means we get to lead the way. And you guys as the millennials are the voice for the next generation that's coming. And that to me is super exciting. And that's all I have to say about that. Like that's that. all I have to say about that. All right. Uh, Bob King asked, used to be you could only video chat with someone that was in the app at the same place. Does new feature allow calls when the person is not in the app? Yes, it does, Bob. There's like a phone it's call. Really it's freaking loud. It's literally like a phone call. Another question, is anyone working in the making Snapchat filters for brands space and how's it going? Uh, ben, Re- Re- I don't know how to really say his last name, Requena. He is doing a great job at it. Really um, inexpensive. I think he should jack his prices, though, personally. I, I so. have, there's four people now that have contacted me through Snapchat because I have I now have 10 filters going out over the next 30 days. And like four different people have reached out. So there's four. If um, Just tweet at me. I, I can give out because Ben's one of them. But there's yeah. uh, Jason Jason Troop. I know is doing one of them. Yep. Um, and, and I think the interesting part, well, when will Canva have a template for us to use? And then there'll be an interesting uh uh, it's fairly listen if you download the template that snapchat gives you which is just the you know the template itself um if you don't have the money to spend for it and you have photoshop but if you have photoshop you probably have the money to spend like 20 bucks to have someone design it for you uh just get one of these oh there's ben ben requena is in here ben just it's a little bit ben of requena by the way um, he's supposed to be making um geo filters for me tonight instead he's here ben Hey, Ben, good job on your priorities, Ben. Good job. <laughs> we support you, Ben. We got you. Ben, ben is great. Uh, nice guy, great guy, and does great work. Uh, Brian Kramer, oh, let's see. Okay. Yeah, Brian Kramer asked, define what a brand story means. Ooh, real question. Real question. Go ahead, Brian. It's the, it's the how and the why they do what they do. They yep. produce and a I, what? I give a shit about the how and the why, and that's I the story. An, I had answered that to. I answered that in the in the chat there. But what I said is, it's you know, it, it's not only the why and what, or why and how, but it's also the people behind the brand. It is um, what happens outside that nine to five, like the culture. Essentially, I, I think the best word of it is the culture of the brand, who well, they are. The problem but gets also- into that is. I don't believe every person in a brand in a company needs to be a social employee, but every person in a company makes up the brand story. Therefore, they're either the creator, they're the reason that there is a story, they're the supplier of the story, they're the conveyor of the story, they're the platform that builds. But they were chosen because of the story. They were chosen because of the why. So I, I, I mean, like I basically. uh, we've all talked about the book start with why like you know refer to whatever your resource is but the minute that brands forget why they do what they do they they don't have a story whatsoever you can't just make a story and it's like okay this is our brand story everything that i do everything that whenever i talk to a client it's like why does your brand exist? Sometimes it goes back to why do you exist? Like Joel, what you said earlier about with a super eight thing, and that's what I was doing when I was 10 years old. Like we should all be thinking about what we were doing when we were 10 years old, because that's probably a great resource as to what makes us happy on this planet. You know what I was doing? I had a freaking talk boy recorder that my mom took like a year after it was cool to buy for me probably. And uh, I was recording and I remember playing radio DJ on these little cassette tapes on my, my boom box and I was podcasting, you know? So it's like, it's kind of crazy to think about that, but that's what this is really about. Like what, like what, where are we as human beings? Why are we doing what we do? Why do we choose to be happy in the times that we are? Why did the brand start to begin with? What was the problem? 
what did we want to make better? Like it's literally that far back. It's not what did we do when we were sitting in a room and mm -hmm. trying to build out our marketing story. Um, so I don't even think it's, it is who the people are in the brand, but they're there because the brand started for a reason to begin with. And it's, it's, you're going to go back that far. Yeah. What was the original really problem you wanted to solve? You know, why? I mean, there's so many stories that can be told. Um, and that's I, I love that, Amy. Uh, are you guys marketing on YouTube? Foxy Light, yes. Amy is a YouTube uh, sensation. She is the I lone. Well, we all we all have channels, but Amy's the bomb. Can I ask you three guys a quick question? I keep. I want to know who else and anybody here in the room keeps a notepad on their iPhone every time you get an idea for a story. You, you write it down and oh, you've got I write this. It physically write it down. Do you? I mean, my mind just goes on and on and on and on. And what's so funny yeah. is I rarely get to the ones I've written down because I wake up and something new comes to me. And that's usually what I run with that moment of inspiration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have other questions. I want to, I do want to, I promise people that we would answer their questions. And that's well, by the way, Vincenzo, I have, uh, them, we're, uh, there's no blab talk live. You, you this is too important. And I'm just, <laughs> Post, I've rescheduled it for two weeks from now because I'm actually right. I'm in the Bahamas next week. So cool. Hang in. You're gonna you can stay in here though, Joel. This is so much cool. fun. Yeah. Thanks. Um all right. So we had question. This is a good question, and this is a serious question. So let's we are not a brand that is selling anything, but we want to have a call to action about ending child trafficking. Uh, and Amy and I dealt a lot with this topic in our mastermind. So Amy, I'm going to have you answer this one first. It's not an easy topic. We are looking for a strategy to, to engage people. As social media marketers, do you think it's possible to do this with a tough topic? And because we're talking about Snapchat, we'll talk specifically about Snapchat on this one and calls to action, I guess, as well, because Amy is the call to action queen. So go ahead, Amy. Um, okay. So it is not an easy topic, but I think it's, again, it's context of platform and it's the, who the people are that you're talking to and you know, what they care about. That's ultimately how you're going to get somebody to understand what your message is and why it's important. Um, I think one of the biggest issues with sort of like these causes or like nonprofits is it seems like it's, you've got the easy way to talk about what you do because people should just care because it's a cause. Um, but it's the same thing. You have to be truly as creative, if not more to get people to make a decision um, to either make a move on it, donate to the cause, whatever the case may be. So I don't think it's any different. Sorry, I lost the question. So I'm not sure if I'm staying on track with it, but it it's, it's the same. It's the same. Like my mission, you know, Pepsi's mission, uh, child trafficking uh, cause to prevent it. Um, you know, we actually had... Uh, human trafficking is, is a topic in Columbus time for the Arnold Classic every year with um, that, for whatever reason, the two are linked. And, you know, we, it's unfortunate you, you hear about the sad side of it. Why? Because if you turn on the local news, they love to talk about sad stuff because it keeps the ratings up. So we heard about how they were putting labels on the back of hotel soap so that if you're a victim and you're in the bathroom and you're alone, like there's some, there's some way to find out how you can get help. Like, that's something I don't necessarily want to hear about on Snapchat. Like I'm there to have a good time. I would definitely be, it's nice to know that that's a, a, 
solution to the problem potentially, and it's offering help. But when I'm in that context, I need you to talk to me like we're two friends sharing what's happening in our day. And that's the reality of the challenge that you have. It doesn't matter what your cause is. You have to get to a relatability level with me, someone who may not understand firsthand what what the deal with child trafficking is or how I can help. But how are you going to talk to me in a way that I can receive the information and then know how I'm going to help in turn. And I'd that's add a too. really good point. Like like when it's late night and the commercial with, you know, the starving kids comes on and, you know, we're so trained to like, this is not what I'm looking for right now. And we change the channel. How much more complicated is it when you are in a social space that's not just broadcasting? Amy nailed it. I think well, you, I think you can talk, Brian, one sec. Um, I think you can get if you can get survivor stories out there, I think those are so important um, because Hello? like, Oh, sorry. I thought you said survivor. I did. <laughs> uh, like, like Amy said, it's sad. Right. But if you can, if you can put a slight twist on it and make it a story of hope, a story of, I, I want to say victory, but overcoming, those are the types of stories that you, I could definitely see on, on a Snapchat, on a Periscope, uh, on these in the moment, live video, or live period FOMO apps, Brian likes to call them. Go ahead, Brian, take take it away, whatever you want to say. No, I mean, I, so, I, I mean, I, so my opinion on this is actually going to go weird into VR, but, you know, like if someone told me to, to sit down in a virtual reality to save the whales, I'd tell them, screw you. If you told me it's about to save the environment, I'm said, sorry, I don't, that's not something that's going to impact me any much. If you told me, I want you to, I want you to donate to a cause. I'm saying, I love donating a cause, but I have a lot of causes that I donate to. But someone told me, hey, this is the Lonely Whale Project, and we have a VR experience at South by Southwest. And I sat in the VR, and you have, you're on a boat, and you go underwater, and you know it's a VR experience. It's really cool tech. And you're like looking around. We were following the whale, and all of a sudden, you come back across the water, and like there's pollution all over on the thing. And like this is what you would expect to hear if we were trying to raise money about pollution. And then you go back down on the water, and you're following the whale, and the whale is going down and doing all these things underwater. All of a sudden, you see the pollution coming down on the whale. And it how it infects the food that they're eating. And all of a sudden, you as the person that's immersed in this solution, seeing the pollution coming across of you, then you come up across the top and it says, this is what the pollution would look like in 14 years if we don't do anything. If they had a heart tracker on me, I went from cool technology, cool technology, damn, this is a bummer. Holy crap. Oh my God, this is, this is what it's like. How do I get involved? Like literally, I took off the headphones and said, how do I get involved with this charity? And I think for me, and I was holding, actually, Brian Kramer and I were actually, for all of, <laughs> in Transparency Solution, Kramer and I were holding each other's hand, um, if you saw the picture, sitting next to each other. But Brian and I were both doing that VR. And I don't think Brian and I, either one of us sit down if that says, this is VR to raise money for an environmental cause. And not saying that we are bad people, but I just don't think that, so I think part of it ends up being immersing people in the story of it and allowing them to be a part of it, right? So I, I mean, I would love the idea, like, no Kid Hungry does a great job of, of being great on Twitter and educating people. But they're probably the most powerful things that they do is when they do like the drives and they're interviewing the people that are like, I'm now on the line helping people give food out because six years ago we had no food. And, and, like, and all of a sudden you're like, well, that person's now giving out food. Like I never had that problem. And they're willing to be like, because I think that's part of this idea. And I think the trafficking one is interesting. I think part of it ends up being not talking about like something gruesome or something that, but I think ultimately telling the success story, but also the different things around it that helped. Oh, look at there. Hey, 
you got one of them there, Mr. See, this is the difference between Joe Com and I. I don't know where mine went. I have, I have, I don't have, I have, I have cardboard and he has. I was going to say, do you have this, the cardboard? This is Google? a $29 unit I got from Amazon. It's a VR box. It's plastic. You pull this out. You slip your phone into it. You go to the cardboard viewer and you download. There's a couple great apps. VR is gonna, is huge, guys. It, this is such an integrated part of what we're doing here with, with live video um, that the two are intersecting. Who else has got the Oculus Rift coming this month? Not I. Just me? I will say I have this device mainly because I that's 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 a big component on it. The fact that I wanted I needed a Samsung device to make it happen. So you don't have one coming either, social? Nope. Unfortunately. Well, I will be showing you guys when it arrives because you know me, I like to buy all the gadgets. I got my 360 fly that I've been playing with. And I'm telling you, the integration of what we're doing with Periscope and Blab and Snapchat. It's all it's all going to come into this VR space. This is why Scoble left Rackspace to go to work for a VR company because this this is the tip of the iceberg. VR is where it's at. Snapchat question: Often see people that have cool pictures as background for their snaps. How to do that? Often see people that have cool pictures as background for their. Bob, I don't understand that question. If you can uh, re-ask it. Uh, what do you all think of the new update with stories playing one after another? I hate it. Um, Allie, mm-hmm. I love it. I think it allows for discovery of different uh, you know, different creators that maybe you didn't know were there. And when I say creators, I know there's a lot of people like, I'm not a creator. Wait, what, can you clarify that? Like why, why discovery-wise did, that you didn't I'm, know were there? Let's face it, we follow a lot of people. I did shave Kramer. Oh, um, we okay. Follow, we follow a lot of people. And like some of the people, like when you're scrolling your feed and you have, you know, you have four minutes, you're going to pick the people's names that you either recognize or that you put a logo next to or the A. Uh, and the thing that's okay. really nice is interesting is that like, I mean, I actually unfollowed probably three people today and there was three people that I was like, I need to put an A next to their name so I see more of their content because all of a that's sudden the person's story led into theirs. And I was like, Oh, this is a cool way of doing it. Like, I, like so. I, that's where I look at discovery. I just need to watch people's content. Period. Yes. <laughs> um, that's just what I have to do. But for me, it's nice to kind of have it come one after another because uh, it allows, yeah, for discovery. For me, it's for discovery, and it's going to be discovery for a lot of people. It's a seamless, you know, watching one after another. It's like watching a TV show. The more, they- <laughs> thanks a lot, Rachel Miller. Uh, the ouch. more they, the more she's joking. She loves yeah, but me. Still, ouch. The My more, heart. the more they can keep you on the app without having to back out and then go pick someone else's story to watch. Yeah. Did you guys see that feature? That's a huge, it's seamless. Yeah, it's have easy for me to link? do. Have you clicked on a link instead of Snapchat? It opens it as a Snapchat browser. It does not open it and say, do you want to open this? In- or uh, Wait, what, what are you talking about? If you click on a link, so if I if I if I direct message one to one you a link inside of Snapchat, uh-huh. it actually opens it as a Snapchat inside of a Snapchat browser. It's full screen, yes. and it does not take you out to Safari or Chrome. Right. And then you could back up and go back to Snapchat. Back into Snapchat. So everything. So like the whole app. This is this was my Periscope this afternoon. Everything that Paris that Snapchat is doing is what Periscope does not do very well. It's what right. Facebook backed out of yesterday. Facebook took. 
the live, Facebook Live out of Facebook app and made you go into yeah. Facebook pages to now do it, right? Like, and the fact that Snapchat now is it's video to video. So like, if you have a conversation with me, you share a link, I can look at the link and I say, we should have a video chat, a conversation. We can now have the video conversation in here. While we're having the video conversation, you can share something from your camera roll in that conversation while we're having it still. To me, you've now, like before that was, Twitter to Twitter DM to email to horrible calendar management to a Skype phone call to hopefully Skype doesn't break. Like I think Snapchat is streamlining that where I want to find one chat. I mean, if I could get rid of Skype, I'd be like the happiest human being ever. Oh my gosh. Amen. Oh God. That is like, well, all right. Hold on a second though. Let's let me bring this back down (laughs) to reality about Skype. I hate Skype. Skype is a stable platform for the most part. Mm. I have I have twenty three accounts. I social fans. There's twenty three for the most part. Hold on. Yeah, you're you're true. That's true. You're correct. As a podcaster, I need Skype. I can't record my. I'm not going to be able to record my podcasts through Snapchat, and I, I don't want to. I want it on Skype. If there's a better platform, fine. But right now, Skype still works. Let's not go and name Snapchat the Skype killer so or, the fa- it, or the or the FaceTime killer. Skype? Right. No, I just I'm just on board with killing Skype. Skype. I don't know. And only the only people that would use Skype would be podcasters. Like I'm perfectly that's like fine I, with me. That would be great because that would probably make it way more stable. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> I just I just wish Blab would allow you to have a well, private. They, well, they do now. Well, they private. That. That's that's called unlisted, not private. Well, unlisted. Right. Okay, unlisted but is. Yeah, Amy loves unlisted. I didn't know you had that last week. Only because you, I explained it to you in detail once, and now I love it. Like it's, it's important, especially on YouTube. Unlisted is like a big deal. Um, I know, and that's what they just rolled that out. So like you do your testing. That's awesome. But I mean, like, see that I'm much more likely to do that. And let's face it, like part of the reason Slack is such a powerful collaboration tool is Slack makes a lot of things integrated within it right you have to get people in the slack but then people once they're in there they absolutely love slack but part of the problem with slack is getting a facebook user fan like fan base to get over slack i've done it four times failed to doing it like it, because people like you know facebook groups are more valuable there but here's the thing i think the element of people already on snapchat if i if you're building a community that your community is a, a is a majority on snapchat what what features are you gonna have to leave snapchat for like i mean you're gonna i mean like permanent uh, pages and, and web page, but like this is a very interesting move for the future of chat apps because Facebook Messenger doesn't have it, Google Hangouts doesn't have it, Skype doesn't have it, sure as hell Twitter DM doesn't have it. Um, so I think it's a very interesting uh, conversation on we now because fi- I I mean the chapter of my book future of innovation is collaboration. I believe the fact that like I still think the features and maybe this is the way to wrap it up because I can't be on all night tonight. But um, you know like for me the features that sure. I would love to see. I would love to see user-generated stories that allow us multiple people to contribute to one story or one package of stories that either it's at an event or all of us can do that together. I love the ability. I think we're going to see very soon the ability to video message to more than one person. I don't think it'll be like to your entire following, but all those little, um, yeah, look at that. We got a little, uh, you know what that means? Snapchat. And what? Snapchat. That's going to be, that's going to be like, another I just wanted to show that was uh, Aaron video killer. Wait. And you saw it open up in the Snapchat browser. That's cool stuff. Okay. They're keeping, they're keeping so, so let's see. Uh, we don't have any. Okay. Well, we ha- I'm gonna. We're gonna end with this last question then, because we have three minutes here. We're gonna end with this question uh, by Chris Strub as soon as we make our last points. 
Last points about Snapchat, about their 2.0. Joel, go. Well, I just played with it a little bit today because um, I was traveling. I, I like the better integration of the video chat. It's been clumsy having to drag down and lock people in place. Um, I kind of, I'm a sticker fan. I like stickers and I think there's more monetization opportunities there. I'm not sure how I feel about scrubbing and auto playing stories. Okay. Fanzo. I think it was, I think it's a game changer in the philosophy and the strategy for all apps moving forward. I don't even the Snapchat features to me. I think f- I was so worried. I started off this call this show. I was so worried that they would alienate the user base and the thing that I think they understand better than anybody. And I thought they were going to add in features that, in my opinion, is like the mistakes of Periscopes and even the Instagram and what they're doing very recently. And I think Snapchat has such a good handle on how their users want to consume content, how they want to share content, how things go back and forth. Like I was the hater when they took the finger off the screen. Like I, I like that as acquired attention. Like I was so mad when I took that finger off the screen. And now I'm like, dude, if I'd have my finger on the screen, like I'd be a, I'd be a bitter human being. Like I think that's, so I think I look at all of these changes as a, is a clear solution of they are a mobile platform that gets their users. They want to keep their users within the platform. I think ad revenue and do not sleep on geo filtered data. Oh. Geo-filtered data. Well, I'll be you, you I just pay, you know, I'll pay four hundred dollars for a geo filter over the San Diego um, convention hall. I bet you I'll pay another four hundred dollars for you to give me the data of all the people that actually used it, when they used it, and how many times that one person used it. Give me, give me, give me, give me. So I think they're making a, a, a smart strategic play to set up these ads and these monetized pieces for us then to pull data on the backside. So that I love it. I think. I, I, I'm blown away. Like I would not have said that I would have spent my night talking about this Snapchat update when I saw it, but damn, Snapchat kudos and Periscope, WTF. Amy? Uh, I'm just props to Snapchat for continuing to think about the user. I mean, like to just to the upteenth degree, like, I just think, I think it's all, all good. I think I'm on the same page as Brian that I was worried about the whole, like, autoplay thing. What I do think is that this autoplay through the stories thing just means we're going to see advertising in the future and they're going to be between stories and it's just going to happen. And it's fine because I think as long as they continue to focus on what their user cares about with all of the features that are available for the average user, not the marketer, not, not the gurus, um, they're going to be fine and they're going to be able to monetize. And we're always going to throw a fit when there's a new feature, but these are all really good. I'm going to say this. Uh, Joel, you, you're going to send Bree a snappy buddy. What? Because <laughs> Bree is awesome. Bree, outgoing owl. She snappy, snappy buddy. buddy. It's Guys. just like I, I got myself into hot water because I sold these things. I'm waiting for envelopes and I've got to ship them and, you know, hand address these envelopes and, and like international shipment is just an extra pain. And so, oh, oh my God! Don't here's get my, me started. Here's my thing with um, here's my <laughs> thing with uh, Snapchat. Love it, fantastic. Uh, a lot of people, how's it monetized? This and that other thing. Social media platforms are free because they are able to do what they do. Advertising keeps it free for us, and it allows us here, marketers, brand marketers to create great content for you to consume. So Snapchat is allowing kind of the best of both worlds. 
Those that are creative, creative enough to make great content are being seen. Uh, I, I don't consider myself a great con, uh, content creator on Snapchat. I wouldn't say that 99% of the people I watch on Snapchat are great content creators, but they're friends, whatever it may be. If you watch really good, and Brian knows because he worked with Tristan Tales, who's an amazing creator, and you watch some of these other content creators on Snapchat, they will blow your mind. Open yourselves up to it if you are a brand, if you have a business. I recommend highly, and this is going to lead us into the last question. I recommend highly that you check out some of these creators because your brand can reap so many benefits from using an influencer on Snapchat. Um, and, and you just, you absolutely have to be using it and using it right. And like Amy said before, just jump on and start creating, jump on and start telling a story, jump on and start talking. Okay. Even if you don't want to show your face, just jump on and start talking. I love the strides they're making. I love how quickly they're innovating. Brian and I talked about this earlier today. Like the fact of the speed of innovation, things that they've been able to do that Twitter hasn't done in 10 years, Facebook couldn't do until, you know, I don't know, five years in is mind blowing, is mind bending. And um, I, I think this is where we, need to focus on for at least at least the next five years i think you're going to see a ton of focus on snapchat um online how can an online radio station benefit from snapchat oh joel com go ahead take that question i'm sorry i was being distracted how can an online vincenzo i mean you you can speak to that because you have an online radio station it's called a podcast i mean like right here right now it's like everyone has you an know, online, online radio, radio station. station. And the reason I kicked it to Joel was because Joel was in radio, but online radio, think about it. You can promote your content to a whole bunch of people. They want to see behind the scenes. The biggest thing I've been doing is showing people like when I'm recording the podcast, when I'm interviewing a podcast, whether it's with Brian or Amy or whether I'm on with Jed record through a Skype, whatever it might be. And I get to show them a little glimpse of it. I drop a link. I see, I see traffic to my website directly from Snapchat, directly from Snapchat. And what, how do I know? Because I use short links. I use a bit.ly link. Somebody asked that earlier about using a call to action. You have to be creative, be smart. It, use the tools It doesn't you matter have. what you're selling, right, Vincenzo? Oh, when I talk about do good awesome. stuff shirts, I see orders for do good stuff shirts come in. When I talk about ka-ching buttons and put a link to Amazon for them, those come in. If I talk about snappy buddies, people want to buy those. If you have an audience, you have a platform that know, like, and trust you, if you're weaving in the things that you're trying to market, whether it's a product you're selling or a podcast or a radio station you're promoting or whatever it is, there's going to be a certain number of them that are going to go check it out because they want to know more about what you're doing. Yep. And here's the thing, like I'm not to be kind of a douchey here, uh, radio XL Canada, whatever it was. I have no idea. I've never heard of your radio station or your online radio station. I don't know. I've never heard of it because you're an online radio station. People can, anybody around the world can click in. So it's not like I have to dial in to a button. You can promote. Think about this. I don't know who your um, XL radio Vancouver. Oh, we like Vancouver. Um, eh? Eh? <laughs> uh, think about this. 41% of 18 to 34-year-olds, 41% are using Snapchat. Less than 6% are actually watching and responding to TV. 
uh, ads. So as a an online radio station, as an anything online, any radio, all day start promoting, pushing your content to Snapchat, um, and then cross promote everywhere else. Um, I'm assuming you saw that infographic, the Snap Thropology. Um, I don't know how accurate it is, but when asked how often people were using Snapchat, 54% of Snapchat users said they were on it daily. Daily. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys put credence in this particular study? Oh, for sure. I do. I think, I mean, I can tell you, I can tell you because I'm kind of geeky right now with Excel spreadsheet that I'm running, but um, I track my story view, my story views and my audience Almost 80% of my views come early in the morning or late at night. So I have an audience that is very, they check it every single day loyally, but they only check it either one of those times, right? So I know that for a fact. So I, of course, am, am tailoring to that audience because I know like from right now, like if I did snaps that started this afternoon at noon, majority of them are at like 150 views. But I know tonight when the people that are religious viewers and the part of that becomes in the fact they know if they don't tune in tonight and they wait till tomorrow night, they miss an entire story, right? So I think the FOMO aspect of this, of course, as someone that's preaching FOMO, um, I think that's actually a reason why the continual checking, right? The fact that I leave the notifications on for Snapchat, but I don't have them on for a single other social platform. That's a pretty interesting um, a trend. And I think that's because it goes away. I'm, I'm pretty transparent with uh, followers and all that. Is it safe to assume that everybody here is in the 1K club? For a number of followers or number a of number views? Of views. Views? No, I've, I've never hit 1K. Uh, Amy's close. Amy's at 900, I think, or so. Okay. So he, I, had, I had 940 yesterday. For the, that was the highest I've ever had. So we're right about. I, I think tonight I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it for the first time, which is an amazing thing because John, you know, as we're talking about cross promotion, John Lee Dumas was on like a month before you know he he popped 1K because he's you he, the opposite way. Um, for our Canadian radio station friend, he was using the podcast, his, his podcast to promote his Snapchat and sending people that way. So you're tracking your numbers. And, and if, so if 54% of Snapchatters are checking daily, let's just, let's round it. Okay. 50%. Um, are you seeing then what kind of uh, viewership are you seeing of that 50%? In other words, are you, you know what the question I'm asking the question the wrong the wrong way, but I guess what I'm saying is yeah, let's say you're follow let's say there's four thousand people following you, and fifty percent are checking in every day. That's two thousand. Of that two thousand, what percentage are watching your snaps? In your own case, what are you seeing? Because uh, I'm okay. I'm at like um, yeah, I'm about I'm at about forty five percent. Yep. The Amy, is that what you're seeing? I I mean, like, I wouldn't even know how to do she that math like, for myself. Like, I don't, I don't math count. Is I, hard. I just, no, like, I genuinely don't sit and count the followers that Snapchat doesn't want me to count in the first place. Like, I, I'm an average user on Snapchat. What, That's what do you just mean that is. Snapchat doesn't want you to? You mean because they're not? Wait, where where is it published anywhere? What's how many followers well, I just, have on Snapchat? You just count them as they're added. Like it shows you people who followed you. So I just keep a kind of a, it's probably got a margin of error of about a hundred. But when people follow you, you count those up. You either accept them or you don't. But you take that number and you put it on your spreadsheet. So if you here's a question I had: <laughs> if you um if you go to the your waiting queue of people that added you. 
and, yeah. and you do what you can like ignore them, right? Or something you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you ignore that, does that disappear then into the ether? Is there no way knowing that that person's still following you? Is that why I don't? That's why. As soon as, you, as, soon as so, you ignore it, they fall off the bottom. I've been adding. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I can scroll to the bottom very quickly, and I've been on Snapchat for a number of years. Right. So there's no way this is the whole so, list. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to tell you that. I've now. been doing, you know, it's like at the beginning of Twitter, you followed everybody back. So I have been adding everybody back. I thought there was a limit at 2,500. Was it 6,000 now? 6,000. So 6, I do have a running tally, like I say, with a pretty – you know, decent margin of error. Uh, but now I'm starting to revisit that and starting to think maybe what you guys are saying is right. Just follow the people you actually want to follow and clean up that feed. It's tough. Yeah. Um, I just, I, and the one question that came in, even though I think we should kind of wrap this up, I don't think they will give us that number because things are going so well by actually paying attention to literally eyeballs, like just pay attention to the eyeballs. Why do the other numbers matter? I mean, it's the same thing with this whole Instagram controversy, like, oh, are we hit the algorithm or not? Like, first of all, you probably have your information wrong overall about this whole thing. But secondly, if your content is good, you're going to rise to the top, period. So I just think the only thing that does matter is how many people have seen it, which was my whole argument about audience retention earlier, too. Well, and I think that's why like, it depends on how you want to use some of the features. See, like, I love the chat up, right? Like, so if I'm not able yeah. to follow people back, you have, you eliminate the use of that feature. So if you're okay eliminating the use of that feature, but I use that feature to understand where my audience engage, I use it for a call to action on a long story. I use it for actually to shape some of the future stories. So for me, I want to be able to actually, I want to be able to open up the chat functionality without following them back, right? Which we can't do today. So I'm doing it where I'm following them. You I'm consuming right. their content. And if they give me a reason to unfollow, I'm unfollowing. You can't, they can technically chat you. It's just not a seamless process. Well, That's all you're saying, Brian. Right. I can't see the piece of content that they're chatting about. That that right. what matters the most. That yes, that's accurate. That last I checked, yeah. Because like right. I mean, if, I, I you know if you go through a, that that to me is a is a very interesting because like for a storytelling aspect, like I want to. It's extremely helpful. Extremely helpful because like if I know views dipped, but my most numbered my my most engaged piece of content that that inspired people to swipe up and have a conversation. That's two different things, right? Does they stay through the story or do I inspire action? Because I want to inspire action on Periscope because when I inspire action, they share my broadcast, they comment more, and now I grow that. So that's how I learn the story there. But I think I think at the end of the day, I think part of it is I agree not having to count all the people. Now, I am one of the ones, Joel, because Joel and I, I think we both started doing the counting thing at the same time. Um, I am doing that. Mainly my newest piece is I want to know where people are coming from since I'm running ads and things. Um, and that's really hard to directly understand that. But um but yeah, this is awesome, man. Uh, Enzo, good job on your first show, dude. This is a fun-ass conversation. Huge hey props to Enzo. So he, two things. Two things. Uh, Sandra asked a question. She said, um, nah, I'm not going to answer that question. Why do most influencers never engage um, or even open the chats? I, listen, well, I, if, I, if, you've ever seen, if you've ever seen Casey Neistat, he's shown this live on his YouTube videos when he's asked for people to engage with him. Uh, on Snapchat, it's it literally a thing. It's moving so fast. The chat feature, he he can't click on one. If he clicks on one, like if he says if he sees Sandra and clicks, 
it'll be Brian because it's moving so quickly. By the time he clicks, it's already somebody else. It's ridiculous how fast it moves. So I'm going to leave that to that. You're going to fix scale from what I've been told. Because right now they have a 60 load on your on your inbound. And like Gary Vee is the same way, right? So like, I mean, every six, so the, the reason they're not opening it is because they're not actually seeing it for people that have a massive right. following. The other people that have a smaller following that they're you're calling them influencers, they're not an influencer then because technically for being an influencer, they have to be influencing to make a decision. They're not engaging with you. Like, I, I just cried that I hit, you know, you hold down the button, it pops up and you hit unfriend. Mm -hmm. um, so two things, everybody that's here, still here, the 97 people that have been hanging out with us this whole time. It was, I think we we're at like 120 for a while. Use the hashtag. I'm going to put it right in here. Enzo snap or Enzo show. Sorry. And share your snap code on Twitter. Okay. With the hashtag Enzo show. So this way we can all follow each other wait, wait, and how, how, you, one big. So I didn't understand what you were saying. So you might post want to your so Joel, there's a tool called Twitter. So it's 140. There's these books, Twitter power one, two, and three that you might want to What are we posting? Do you have a graphic? Post, post, post your, your code? No, I just, I, somebody just gave me the idea. So post your snap code, code or username, hashtag, and those show. And then this way we can all follow. And then everyone's going to follow the Enzo show hashtag and boom, we should all follow each other. I don't know. I'm just making it up, Joel. No, I like it. Wasn't it. Pre, it wasn't preconceived. Good. It's good. It's happening right now. I'm going to be one of the first ones. Twitter, boom, just went up to 350,000 followers like that. And I want to say this, uh, the one Snapchatter whose content I watch every day is uh, Chris Strub because he's been doing this really cool Strub swaps. And uh, between him and when Jason Yarby does actually uh, do stories, they're amazing. So being Chris Strub and my best friend, Jason Yarby, I always watch those guys snaps. Guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for hey, being I, with I, me. I, I would check, you know, there's if you know look at, like, people doing it a little differently, like Dan and Moore. Go ahead. Dan and Moore is one of my favorites from a content perspective. He does, he does a storytelling aspect to his, crazy bachelor life that exists out there. So Dan and more is one that I would recommend for sure. Yeah. I can, we shoot can, I want to shoot a few more recommendations out. Go ahead. Go ahead. People that I'm following. Uh, one. Let me uh, pull up my one or, two, one or two, Amy, one or two. Uh, hey, I, I got my second one will be uh Ginny can breathe. Uh, G I N I can say and breathe B R E A T H E. She does some really awesome things for She's amazing. Um, I, I like right? our snappy hour. Oh yeah. And it's Jeannie, right? I yeah, Jeannie. Jeannie, yeah. yeah. Our snappy hour. She does some really creative stuff. You know, what blows me away is the people that are really good with the draw tool. Like, I just, mm -hmm. you know, I do have a stylus, but it's risky for me to use it. I just, not that good at it. I want to know, uh, you know, it would be really cool if uh, there was not just, you know, I, I like Carlos's directory and, you know, we all, we all have favorites though. And I'd like to see something beyond just a general directory to who the real awesome content creators are. Mm -hmm. well, it would almost be fun to have a site that would rate Snapchat people so that those that are voted up would rise to the top. There is one. There is one. It's called Snap Codes. Nope. There's another one too. Oh, which um, one? Um, Tiffy. Tiffy. Uh, hold on. I'll find it right now because I, I tweeted Tiffy about it. Tiffy Diamond. And I'll say somebody asked about followers, follower count. I hope they never give follower count because I think that will then devalue the actual eyeballs that people 
are looking at right now. It's so much more about that actual one-to-one -one engagement. I never want to see follower count ever. Follower count is worthless. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it. At that. I I think it, I think the only value to it is being able to determine percentages. Like, look, Twitter puts out there. Here's how many impressions your tweet got. And you can, and they're giving you analytics to show you 1%, 2% of, you know, your followers had the opportunity to see this. And so that helps you, that helps you determine, you know, your spends, right? What kind of ads, how you're going to target. I think on Snapchat as a business model, they're going to have to provide analytics. I think Mark Fidelman is right about that that there, there's got to be something, some sort of measurement. You can say X number of people saw it, but how many were, you know, reached? How many engaged? What was the potential? There's, there, there are, there's meaning to numbers. It's just that as content creators, we just really care about the people who saw it, right? Agree. And I put that, yeah. I put that um, link in there. It's called trysnaphunt.co. Oh. And you, they actually have people in there that are categorized and you vote up and you can even submit questions to them on there. Wow. And they, and I, I give Tiffy Diamond the credit for that. She was a meerkatter. And today she was doing an AMA and it was all from people that submitted questions on that site. Nice. Pretty cool. Amy? Um, I've been recently a big fan of Cliff Ravenscraft and uh, Grant Cardone. The two of them are, they, well... Cliff provides just a ton of value. Grant Cardone is hilarious. Great. I just found Great. out about him. I just found out about him on Blab probably in the last few months and uh, picked up uh, the 10X rule and really enjoyed it. Um, but his Snapchat is probably the most LOL I've had in my life as of late. Is it Grant um, at Grant Cardone? Yep. I believe so. And um, also just from like a maybe a mainstream perspective um if you're a fan of like talk shows at all the kelly and michael show that's on tv they do an incredible job of showing behind the scenes like between segments you know what kelly's wearing because like the fashion is a huge deal but like really uh, their snapchat's fantastic just absolutely great so and you know we see a lot of that where like talk shows are trying to be better about social and being witty and stuff but they do a really good job on yeah, snapchat. if you want to see a 14 year old that knows what he's doing caleb maddox i'll tell you what that kid grabs the snapchat and like can drop not only advice but he, he carries it around with him all the time i'm glad i brought it up but yeah caleb maddox i follow him on periscope him and his dad are doing all these speaking tours but um he's a fiery 14 year old and his content yeah. though What's, even his, if you don't, what's his username? Caleb Maddox, Maddox, all in word. But if you don't, you know, so some people are like, you know, he's a fired up But um, watch how often he snaps and where he does it. Like he, he doesn't always just do behind the scenes, but he does before he's on the stage, after he's on stage, Q&A with his audience. Like he needs a little tips from Chris Strubb on doing like the 10 seconds or less. Answer this question. Chris Strubb does the uh, in-person interview, I think, better than anybody else does. But, you know, another one that you don't want to mess with is uh, Blake, Blake Croft. Just give a shout out to Blake Croft. Blake Croft will make you smile every single day. And I think if we could all smile every single day, we would love Snapchat more. And Blake Croft is the, the nicest, the coolest. And he just he snaps from sun up to sundown. He does it with his wife, Harley. And I, he is one that I would give that guy mad props because he, he kind of made me understand the fun aspect of, uh, of Snapchat. So big, big love for Blake. Hey guys, thanks for uh, joining the first Vincenzo Landino show. Thanks to everybody who is tweeting the um, 
your snap code or your snap name. So everyone, I encourage you to, to search the Enzo show hashtag on Twitter and follow everyone on there to find some great, uh, new people, maybe new yeah. friends. Hey Vincenzo, quick blast for you here. Uh, the more people that you have on that you make host, the more replays you'll get on this because it shows up on the replays for each individual that's been a host. So in other um, words, make Joel yeah, a host. host. So it shows up. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Okay. He, he just wants the credit on his own because then he's going to get the YouTube. Hack. He's going to get the YouTube credit for it. That's why. Uh-uh. I don't know, Joel. I don't really get it. LOL. Okay. I'll, I have I'll to go to bed. There we go. Joel. Hey, thanks to everybody who followed. Please send me a message so that I know that you are here, which you have the ability to do, even if you can't swipe up so I can write you back, but it'll probably be tomorrow because I'm going to bed now. Guys, thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. You are the bomb. Joel, thanks for jumping in. Brian bounced. So I'm sad now. He did. He's tired too. Can uh, go off the record when you're done and and let's, I want to chat for just a minute, Vincenzo. I'm going to go, you guys. All right. Bye, Amy. Thank you. Bye, Ames. Schmitty Schmidt. Bye, Jolie Poo and and Vinny Poo. Oh, it's Vinny Poo now. All right. Wow. Have a good night. This has been a VincenzoLandino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost podcast, please give us a rating, write a review, or subscribe. Head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe.